Welcome everybody to episode 110 of the Collector Cast. Uh, we are all here again to bring you some wonderful sound for your ear holes. Uh, we're getting close to the holiday, so this is going to be our last show before uh, Christmas. So we'll uh, kind of talk about some of that, but uh, I don't know about you guys. I've, I've been freaking busy, and then like I've got stuff tomorrow, and I mean like December is just a wash for me, but um, yeah. Uh, so, Bill, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Yeah, so hopefully um, I don't uh, cough too much. Um, I had the uh, the flu go through my house um, about a week and a half ago. Um, this was, um, I guess, it's it's everywhere. Like, because uh, when I got back to work, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, this guy was out. This guy was out." My wife said that like a third of the high school reportedly is out. Um, so it's uh, definitely that season. So um, I was out from probably Sunday until Wednesday. Oh, it was just this week. Um, it's just a blur. I just looked at the calendar. It's just a blur. So it was Sunday through this Wednesday. So it was all day Sunday, all day Monday, which was my birthday in bed. And then Tuesday was like the first day I was feeling good enough to kind of like, you know, sit up and like actually like watch some TV or play some games, even though I didn't go to work. So, um, thankfully it was no stomach stuff, which is the worst. It was all just like body aches, chills, that kind of stuff. So of, of all of the kinds of flu to get, I got the best kind. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so once, uh, I kind of started feeling good enough to, to sit up, uh, I decided I'd watch some things. So we'll get to that in a little bit and Chris will be mighty proud of what I was able to watch. I, I got one quick question yeah. though. I'm curious. Did you get a flu shot this year? Absolutely. Okay, so it was like a different strain. That yeah, you so so yep, it's going whole, around here too, but I haven't got the flu. I've had like colds and things. Yeah, the whole family has had it except my wife. So my middle guy was the first to have it, and then me and my oldest and my youngest. So so my wife's the only one that didn't get it. And as I'm kind of you know like laying there, you know, suffering from it, I say to her as a non-expert, I'm like, hey, so is it is what I have milder because I got the vaccine, the, the flu shot, or is it a different strain? She's like, it's probably a different strain. Um, so, um, but you know, it's either way, whether it's, uh, what you, you do, what, you do what you gotta do. What are you gonna <laughs> and, do? And you, right. You got and it. You, and you get through <laughs> so it. I was yeah. just curious if you'd gotten the shot or not. Yep. Yeah. And then, uh, so, cause you know, if you hadn't had it, then like, okay, well maybe, but when you did, it's like, okay, it's just some yeah. other nasty bug going around. I, I tend to get it early because one, I think it was three, four years ago. It might have been the it, like one of the first years that we had like, uh, um, like my, my at the time, my oldest um, going to uh, uh, preschool and I didn't get it right away. And when I went to get it, like the person at the pharmacy was like, why are you getting it so late? And I'm like, no excuse, you know, just... Uh, but just that little judgment, like I, I remembered. So I'm like, all right, be beginning of the season, I always try to grab it so that uh, I'm, I'm first in line. You don't want to be looked at like, oh, you're one of those. Yeah, you're one of these people. <laughs> all right, you, you wait over there. We'll get Disease to see you when you're ready. Spreader. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, so yeah, but no, I, I, I got the shot and uh, everyone got the shot. So like I said, it was probably yeah. just, you know, some other version. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, like I mentioned, I was uh, sick during my birthday, but when I started kind of feeling better, I reached for the trusty steam deck, which is kind of sitting on the, uh, uh, the nightstand there. And, um, I wasn't really feeling playing something, you know, like big and involved. Cause I was just kind of playing in like five, 10 minute spurts of like, you know, 
in between taking fluids and like stuff like that. So I fired up the uh, NES emulator. Um, figured it'd be a uh, uh, you know cool just to pop on a game or two for a few minutes here and there. And I played you know like always played a little RBI. And this kind of got me down a rabbit hole. I was like, you know, I've only ever played RBI Baseball 1 for the NES. Like, let me try, like, 2, 3, 4, you know, some of the, um, you know, 93, some of the Genesis ones, some of the Super ones. And I'm glad that I did it, but I didn't find anything <laughs> valuable that I would go back to. I just love the, the charm of those little pudgy players on that original Apparently the Famicom version of that was just huge. Mm. Like that was like one of the like biggest games of the year when when I, it's not called RBI Baseball over there. I forget what it's called, but I think it it's like something Pro Yaku over there, right? Yeah, it's like it sounds like, right. Yeah, Pro Yaku '93 or mm-hmm. like all these different. It's kind of like the sports over here. Yeah, I'll have to look up because I, I did not uh, try the Famicom one out, but um, even just like the next like just the next NES RBI baseball where like they try to give it like the realistic animations and, and also like in RBI baseball has this thing where like, once you hit the ball, it the view kind of pulls back and you can see the field like every other game and every baseball game pretty much does this, but some of them are zoomed in way closer to the field than others. And I don't like that. Like it's especially ones that move very, oh, very awful. quickly you're you're disoriented you're you're controlling a player that's not on the screen for 90 percent of the play and Um, you always and they're in the wrong spot for the ball but the computer doesn't have that issue they know where to go so it's really hard to feel and and you're you're just you're 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 running towards like there's like an arrow and you're like hoping that your guy is like close (laughs) to this flashing arrow somewhere like on the corner of the screen so um i did not find any of the other rbi baseballs that i tried to be as charming or uh enjoyable as just play plain old rbi one to me um one thing i did uh find myself playing longer than i expected it to on a whim i just fired up legendary wings and i really had a fun time with it like the music kind of brought me back i I forgot about that secondary ability uh the shmup guys will tell me what it's actually called where like there's a thing that you yeah there's a thing that you just can't shoot with your gun but you can like you know drop something but at short range i found that mechanic to be super cool um, I, I remembered getting sucked in when the guy would like, you know, shoot the beams at you and I, and I <laughs> yeah. let myself get sucked in because like, I want to play all of the levels of the game. Um, so I played a couple levels, legendary wings. That was a blast, which kind of got me in a shmup mood. So I played life force a little bit, which I'm not great at, but I love playing. So I have this thing where I restart life force 35 times because if i don't get like the exact combination of like power-ups that i like i'm like nope let's try again <laughs> so did that for a little bit and beat a couple levels there and uh you know i usually don't play games to beat them i just play them to have fun for a little bit so that was a, a good little time there um and uh, yeah and then um i i fired up um metroid zero mission um just for a little bit and i actually think i'll keep that game save going and just kind of pop back to that every once in a while we were talking about it a little while ago on one of the shows yeah it's not 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 a long game and it's uh repeatable with rewards and you know like the the you know the um what do you call it the clear screen you know stats and stuff so not a bad game just to keep a save file going um so uh, besides the NES stuff on Steam Deck, I've, I've been wanting to play Final Fantasy VII Remake for a while, and I do have some Steam Deck, uh, uh, some Steam gift cards that I got for my birthday that I might end up spending uh, on that because it is on sale uh, from now through um, the beginning of the year. 
Um, but just because I was thinking about Final Fantasy, I fired up Final Fantasy VII on the Steam Deck. Um, I already had a save file going. I'm in. I was in Mount Coral, and so I beat that segment. I went up to uh, Gold Saucer. I raced my way out of there. We got the little dune buggy, and we're up to Cosmo Canyon. And I'm in like the Cave of the Ghee, I think it's called, where like you're kind of like being shown by Bugen like uh, the real history of um, of Red's father. Um, so uh, saved there, and um, I saw a friend of mine this past weekend before I got sick um, that I hadn't seen in a long time, and she had she's the one who um, got me the PlayStation Five. Like they they got it in a drop, and they were like, hey, if you need it, we'll just give it to you for what we paid for it. So she was like, oh, so what are you, are you playing anything on the PS5? And I'm like, no, I haven't been playing much of anything, but I got a bunch of stuff on the list. One of her favorite games of all time is The Last of Us Part Two. So she did the thing she always says where she's like, hey, have you played Last of Us Part Two? And I'm like, no, I haven't <laughs> played it yet. And she's like, oh, I can't believe you haven't played it. Has, that, has anything been spoiled for you? I'm like, no, nothing's been spoiled. So because she mentioned that, I just looked it up on my phone, and it's still like a $40 game. Like, it's not like a, a cheapie. But the day after, or possibly even the day after that, like maybe, um, oh no, it was it was when I was back at work. It was like Wednesday, so it was like a good three four days later. Um, I looked it up, and it was the deal of the day at Best Buy. It was nine ninety nine. So oh, I sweet. so I grabbed a copy of Last of Us Part Two. I played the first uh, couple hours of it uh, today while my wife was out um, with my uh, with my oldest at basketball. Um, very very like engaging harrowing story um uh, just in the first couple hours um so uh, i'm excited to keep going with that and uh yeah i have uh, just a little note about what my kids have been playing since i usually mention that um they're kind of all over the place they're you know between the switches and you know they want to play roblox on the phone but the thing that they've been playing this past week just kind of randomly that they've played before and they kind of you know like go in and out of one of them started playing Forza Horizon 5, and then that got the other one kind of like, hey, I want to play that. And they just been going back and forth in Forza Horizon, um, just, uh, you know, racing around, goofing off, not even doing, you know, like progress or anything, just like jumping off stuff. And then uh, my middle guy's like, he's like, Dad, you know what they call me around in these parts? The bully <laughs> car. I'm like, why do they call you the bully car? And he's like, watch. And then he just turns into traffic. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're just kids goofing off. Um, but uh, And they're like, how do I get this car? I'm like, oh, well, you got to do this. And, you know, so I'm teaching them how to do, like, and, and they'll call me up. They're like, yeah, I just got a super wheel spin. I got 300,000 credits. Good job, man. So and anything that kind of gets them, uh, you know, excited about uh, playing together is great. So they, they're kind of, like, playing off each other with that. Um, yeah, so that's probably wraps up all the play-in. Um, the only thing I've been spinning is uh, the Portal 2 uh, five-disc vinyl soundtrack did show up. Uh, it's a beautiful package. Um, it's um, it's it's kind of hard to explain. It's It opens like a book, so like the first page kind of opens up, and then the middle one opens out to the right, so it's like imagine you know opening from the center out. But then the top opens up and the bottom opens down. And the whole thing is like GLaDOS's like eye, um, <laughs> and uh, and the records come like they're not all like stacked in like kind of vertically. Like each uh, uh, record is in its own sleeve that moves outward from the center. Um, so it's a it's a pretty interesting package, um, and it's one of those things that I remember we were talking before. 
I, I wouldn't have thought that there was like five discs worth of music. Yeah. Um, there's about, you know, four or five songs uh, per per side of a record. And yeah, they just go for, you know, like two, three, you know, minutes each. And I've listened to the first three records and none of it feels like filler. Like it sounds like, yeah, this is what would be playing if I was just kind of hanging out, like, you know, doing a puzzle in Portal or kind of going between areas. And there are a few kind of songs that don't play for very long in the game, but they play for longer on the record. So yeah, so far, um, I'm I'm very happy with it. Uh, I think I mentioned before that they are going to be doing another pressing of this next year, so it's not going to be unobtainable forever. And they're talking about redoing, um, doing a pressing of the first game as well, which will just be, I believe, a single record um, because the game is only you know a few hours long. Um, but yeah, that's all we've been listening to um, on the uh, record-wise. When I drive my oldest to basketball he does ask if we can put on minecraft on spotify uh, the last few weeks um i because we played volume alpha and volume beta in the basement a few weeks ago so it kind of has him in the mode so he knows a lot of the song names now so he's like oh like that can you play mice on venus like mice on venus (laughs) like how do you even know the name of that song but he can like see the spotify screen from the back seat so they know what the song names are and he's like oh i forget the name of it but it's something city and I, and I look through the songs. There's a song called Moog City, M-O-O-G City. So, um, but yeah, he's uh, he's been asking to listen to Minecraft, which uh, I like. It's got a nice, relaxing vibe to it. So um, as far as the watching, so here's where I think the bulk of, uh, of the, uh, the, the break happened here. So I, I mentioned that I saw Bullet Train was on Netflix. I was excited yeah. to watch it. So that was the first thing that I watched uh, since we broke last time. And it's it's everything that I've kind of heard from people that I know and, um, you know, like reviews that I've kind of read, like the the headline of it's it's a fun, goofy movie that's it's a little offbeat. Um, Brad Pitt's character is like a little bit kind of like, you know, out there and strange. Um, I really, really like a lot of the cast. Um, and I've I've, I've I've liked a lot of these guys and other things like um, uh this is exactly why I had this page up because I'm I'm struggling with the names <laughs> here, but um, Aaron Taylor Johnson that was the name I couldn't uh, pick uh, when I was trying to think about it last time. Who plays a kick ass and he's been in numerous other things. Um, he plays a hitman who goes by the code name Tangerine, and his counterpart is a hitman called Lemon, who's played by Brian Tyree Henry. And I couldn't remember like Brian Tyree Henry looks so familiar, and I was like, "Where do I know this guy from?" And the only and I looked him up. The only the thing I was thinking of him from was Eternals. <laughs> so uh, he's got a little little part in there, but he's been in other things that uh, um, I've probably seen him in as well. Um, but yeah, they're awesome, and I love how one's black, one's white. They talk about them being related, and you're like, "No, they're not related." Like one's black, one's white, but then like they tie that in later on in like a really cool way. Um, Joey King's in it, who I didn't uh, recognize right at first because the last thing I saw her in was um, that uh, Netflix uh, movie where her mom's like making her think that she's ill. Um, it's where she played Gyp- Gypsy Rose. I forget the name of the of the. It's based on a true story. It's basically her mom is like medicating her to like make her, you know. Yeah, it's 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 not a not a feel good story. And Patricia Arquette's in that. But yeah, Joey King's awesome. Um, uh, Michael Shannon, who's always good. Um, it's just a really really fun, uh, great time. And 
uh, Brad Pitt's kind of got this. He doesn't really have like a badass vibe going. He has kind of like just more of a goofy, you know, oh. off. And uh, I, I like how it's a, it's a little bit similar to the way his character was in the Mexican, where he's just the most, the, just the unluckiest guy. Like, just like bad luck follows him around. He's always dropping things. Oh, I left it out there. Oh, I must have dropped it over there. And it's just crazy to me that he's a in the profession that he that he's in. And he's got his handler on the phone and he's like fumbling everything, but he's not like a bumbling idiot. It's just these things just happen and he rolls with it and he makes it work. Um, but yeah, it's 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 super cool. It's you you really don't know what's going on at first, and then the more that they kind of reveal, you start to think you know what's going on, but then there's you know some twists in there. But uh, yeah, so I I know I'm being vague as to not you know like really spoil anything, but it's just a fun action movie on a train, and you know it's I I think it's you know and I I feel like anyone who that already sounds interesting in has probably either already seen it or it plans to see it. So <laughs> yeah, so, I so, saw that in the theater and I loved it. I'm really glad that you liked it too. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. And, and there's some, you know, cause normally it's like, you know, good guy and you want the good guy to win. And so, and then I don't want the guys who are hurting the good guys to win. But then, like, you know, things happen to the other guys in it. And if everyone in that movie is a bad guy, though. There's no right. good guy. Well, like, yeah. like There's just uh, some that are worse bad guys than the others. Right. Every, everyone's on the wrong side of uh, of the law and <laughs> and, you know, morally. But, like, it's always interesting to me when there's characters that aren't good, but you're like, oh, I, I don't like that that like happened. Them. Yeah, I don't like yeah. that that yeah, happened. Yeah, Tangerine and Lemon guy. are terrible people, like Pitman, yeah. but like they were so much fun to yeah. be around that, yeah, you kind of felt bad when bad things happened to them. Yeah. So that's, uh, that was a more eloquent way to say what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Bullet Train was fun. Um, I, I would even, I, I didn't watch it with my wife. Um, she's not typically into action, but I'll, you know. I pitched it to her, so if she ever wants to watch it, I'll give it another go. Perf- perfect excuse to watch it again. I, you know, it's, it's sometimes if I know I want to watch something twice, I'll just watch without asking, and then I'll be like, "Yo, it was worth it. Let's do this again." <laughs> so, um, I also watched Amsterdam, um, which is something that was on my radar. Um, it's a, a David O. Russell film, a period piece with um, uh, Christian Bale, um, John David Washington, Margot Robbie, Robert De Niro's in it. Uh, also, Michael Shannon, uh, Michael Myers. Um, really, I mean, David O. Russell usually has you know pretty big, um, pretty big uh, star-studded cast. Um, it's interesting. Um, it's probably not something I'd watch again, um, but I'm, I'm glad I watched it. It was it was an interesting movie that kind of spanned uh, you know these three friends who've known each other since the war and like what they're going through after the war. And there's like I don't want to say like a murder mystery, but there's a death they're called in to investigate because it was someone they both knew and they suspect foul play. And then there's like some flashbacks and, um, it was, it was really, and David O. Russell's great. It's, it's, uh, um, he did the, uh, the fighter. Um, and, uh, uh, so yeah, I think that's, I think there's something to be said about these directors that work with the same, like the same group of actors, like over and over again, like they all kind of like are on the same page. They, you know, speak the same language, like working together. So, so yeah, that was fun. Ooh, let me mute that. Um, and now this gets us to the the meat of the conversation: the Star Trek movies that have been added to uh, 
the HBO Max uh, catalog recently, which we've talked about. Uh, Chris has gone through some of them. I remember what Chris said about, you know, Star Trek The Motion Picture just being a beautiful uh, film to watch. So um, I don't remember watching it uh, recently. It's it's probably been over 20 years uh, since I've watched it. And I, I think sometimes I forget because you just think, oh, Star Trek, you know, like, yeah, it's old, but like, how old could it be? I think I forget that it's from the 70s. You know, like, I think just in my mind, I remember it 78, being... 78, 79, yeah, something like that, I, yeah. In my, in my head, I just I just think of it being an 80s thing, but uh, the, the, the OG was, was late 70s. And... Um, it's it's different than something like a Star Wars, which was in that same time because that's much faster paced, much you know like like move move move. This is more like um, kind of the pace of the space odyssey, where there are lots of long shots just to kind of show you, uh, you know, scale, scope, the desolation of space type deal. Um, there are many many shots, uh, uh, establishing shots in Star Trek the motion picture, just to show you where you are where you've come from, where you're going, the scale of where you are. Like once you get into that cloud um, and they mentioned early on in the movie, oh, it's two AU. And I really love that they don't explain to anyone what an AU is. I just have to know in my brain, like, yeah, I know what an AU is. So I feel like smart guy. Um, What's an AU? I don't know. An astronomical unit. It's the average distance nice. between uh, the earth and the sun. Um, so uh, it's, um, it's amazing once, so you get in there and it doesn't look the same the entire time. Like there's there's movement through it. There's you know traversal happening, and it is a lot different knowing the ending. You know, like as you're watching it, because as you start to see these things develop, uh, I I did not remember the character who ends up getting taken over, um, or how would you say it? Not taken over. Um, she gets absorbed by V'ger, mm-hmm. so he V'ger can understand what the carbon units that, are. Right. So she's like, you know, and then V'ger will use this carbon recreates unit. Recreates her and, as an interface. Right. Yeah. So V'ger will yeah. use this carbon unit to uh, to help understand and facilitate communication. So um, was the character's name Ilea? Ilea. Ilea. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't remember uh, this character previous Danton. to this film. No. And okay, so I didn't I didn't know. And then because a lot of times, um, having not been a, a fan of the show, I didn't realize that Khan was a presence in the show before this, because we'll get to Khan later. But like when when Khan shows up, it's like everyone already knows who he is. So um, because he's been you know established and introduced in the show. So Ilea, I wasn't familiar with the actress. She was gorgeous and she's very, very good in this part. And Decker, I don't remember the name of the actor, but he is, you know, like the joke is like, oh, it's the guy from Seventh Heaven. And my wife walks in. She's like, oh, yeah, it's the guy from Seventh Heaven. Um, And I thought it was funny that Kirk shows up and he's like, I'm taking command of this ship. And Decker's like, and then in the next movie, (laughs) he shows up and he's like, I'm taking command of this vessel. And my wife's there and she's like. Is that he? Just, he just shows up and takes command of vessels. I was like, that's what he does. He shows he's Admiral Kirk. He shows up and he takes takes over. I mean, he's he's an admiral. What do you, yeah. you know? And they're a captain. What are they gonna do? Can't that was argue that, with that. that was also a really cool scene in two where he, where he was like, oh, like uh, like tell me about Kirk, and and he's like, oh, Admiral Kirk, and he's been 
uh, promoted since Khan Admiral knew him. And he's like, Admiral Kurt. Yeah, so it's <laughs> very, very uh, menacing character. But yeah, so one uh, was definitely, it was similar to what I remember. Um, it's, again, it's not bad looking. It's beautiful. It's it's dated. So it's like when you're looking at effects, you know that they're effects. But, you know, that's a kind of a weird thing because, like, you always know you're looking at effects because the Avengers aren't flying around in New York City, right? It's just like how good, how where can they, you know, kind of blur that line. So you definitely know you're looking at effects. It's a really cool story to take this, um, you know, uh, satellite that we have launched and, like, in, re- in reality and then, you know, use it in service of the story. Um, and the, the Decker and Ilea characters were, were well-developed and they're their bond before the voyage and then how they end up kind of coming together um, in the end. Um, I thought it was really cool because um, I, I, I remember I remembered snippets of the motion picture, but not like, you know, a ton. So then we moved right on to con. That's another thing my wife noticed. She's like, how come all of the movie posters, they're all rainbows or like they all have rainbows in them. And I was like, I don't know if they did originally or if that's just a, a, a no. styling for like the current, uh, you know, when they like a newer, a newer thing they added. I see. I've never noticed that. Yeah. So you can um, look up the old movie posters. They're mm, not like that. Gotcha. So, um, so yeah, we watched con and I definitely had misremembered this because I remembered the earworm going into another character so when it happened into Chekhov and the other guy that he's with, I was like, oh, I, I, I remembered it being I, I thought it was David. I thought it was. Um, oh, yeah. But that was that's a different situation. Um, but, yeah, very cool. Uh, the con um, uh, 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 crew that, you know, is like marooned and like they and they find them. I also thought it was really cool how they um, uh, commandeer the Reliant. Which I forgot the uh, the name of, but I was thinking that the Reliant was the one that the Enterprise crew is in, but the Reliant is the one that uh, that Khan's in. I also totally forgot Kirstie Alley was in it as Savick, um, which is really that was cool. Her movie debut. I didn't know that. So so she was in mm-hmm. Cheers before that, and that was her first movie. That was her first film. Wow. Debut. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very cool. And uh, she definitely. And she is, she's not in three. They replaced her in three because she had like another commitment. Oh, and it could, because I started three, only like ten minutes of it, but I saw like Savick was in it. I didn't realize that it's not Kirstie Alley. Once I get to her, it's interesting. I wonder if it's look who's talking. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, she definitely uh, watched the tapes of Leonard Nimoy because she does the single Dwayne Johnson eyebrow raise uh, very similarly to uh, to Leonard. Um, but yeah, so two, I mean, again, like what can you say about two, two is two, two is awesome. Um, I remember, uh, a making of thing a while ago with two talking about like, you know, like, no, we, we had never done like dog fights and it's like, how could you like, you know, like they're, they're slow moving. You could see them. There's radar. And they were like, Oh, like, well, what, what if there wasn't? Like, what if there wasn't radar and what if they couldn't see each other? Could we do dog bites then? It's like, oh, my God, it works. So so that was kind of cool to see that come together. And I also forgot how how, you know, how hurt Khan gets uh, towards the end there. It's a, a, a good amount of makeup that uh, it took to probably make him look like that. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know what else you can say about Khan, but I was happy to see it. Um, 
I rem- I remembered that Spock had to meet his fate at the end because the third one is obviously called Search for Spock. So I'm kind of waiting for that to happen. And it happened later than I thought it was going to. So it was almost like unexpected towards the very end. And I, I, I wonder if that was something that they kind of, you know, hid to I, I like. So at the time, um, you know, I don't know if that was the kind of thing that was like a secret or if people were like, oh, no, you know, like I hear I hear he dies in this one type deal. But uh, um, it was uh, if I remember right. It was not. It was not publicized. People went to the movies and watched and was, oh, you know, it was kind of like yeah. the Empire Strikes Back sort of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, definitely a cool way to do it. Um, and uh, with, uh, I, I, I really like uh, with, with uh, uh, Savick sound like, uh, you lied. And he's like, I exaggerated. <laughs> like he's he's uh, uh, using, his, uh, using his wits. But, uh, yeah, so that's a huge, huge turning point in the entire series when um when spock goes because that you know the the relationship that he has with kirk and the rest of the crew and then you know the search going back for him so i i really remember loving search for spock so i'm i'm excited to watch that next one in line there so and uh and my wife watched a little bit here and there with me and i remember saying like do you have a favorite and she was like i've never seen any of these none of them she was like i was a next generation kid so she was like TNG forward, like nothing else. So uh, the little bit she saw of one, I was like, oh, like I could start it again. She's like, no, it's okay. I'll just, you know, I'll be in and out. Uh, and then two, same thing. She kind of caught the end of it. So I think I might have her, you know, jump into three with me and see if she uh, she digs any of the other ones. But I, I do feel like she's more of a first contact. Uh, you know, that's, that's more of a, a chance that that one's going to hit with her. Um, so the next thing that me and her watched together was a movie I've been looking forward to for a long time called The Banshees of Inishirin. I don't know if you guys have heard of this or not. No. So this is written in... Ed, Ed Sheeran? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. It sounds like that. Yeah. yeah. In Inishirin, which is an island off the coast of Ireland. Um, so this is written and directed by Martin McDonough. Um, he, he's the writer and director of some of my favorite films, including In Bruges, which is uh, with um, uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, their hitmen. Um, he also wrote and directed Seven Psychopaths, uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri was him. I've seen that one. Um, yeah, that's so a, he's 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 excellent. Movie. And, and if, honestly, if you haven't seen In Bruges, it's one of my absolute favorite funny drama, a uh, little bit of action, but mostly you know humor and drama. And it's a uh, uh, and this is this is also this one Banshees of Inisherin is also Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. So it's um better going in as little as possible so um better going in knowing as little as possible um so i'll just say it takes place on an island off the coast of ireland very small um small town uh you know maybe like a dozen characters in the whole movie and just about kind of like their day-to-day life on this island um does not go the way that you think it will go which is great um, so I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, we were both very happy with it. And my sister being a big fan of this guy as well, she texted me this morning. She said, have you seen the Banshees of Inishirin yet? It just hit HBO. I'm like, oh, we just finished it. It was awesome. <laughs> so, and then finally we got our, um, uh, Marvel update. We talked about, um, Dr. Strange, uh, last week. I don't think we mentioned Black Panther. So, or we were about to watch Black Panther. So we watched Black Panther. Uh, kids loved it. 
Um, it was very cool getting to see um, uh, what's his face, the guy that Andy Circus plays. Claw. Um, uh, Claw. Yep. So is because we remembered him from uh, one of the earlier Ultron. Avengers movies, Ultron. Yeah, where he loses yeah. the arm to Ultron. So it was kind of cool to see him come back with the, uh, you know, with with the arm. And um, it was it's just cool. Out of out of all the characters, like everyone's slightly different than their comic book versions. Claw might be the most different character from the comics because really? he's like a being made out of like pure sound in the comics. So, oh, like, wow. <laughs> it's really hard to kill because when you kill him, he just like, re, you know, recontextualizes yeah. himself somewhere else. And, I, I didn't know he was. Yeah. I mean, I guess I should have assumed he was in the comics because everyone in the movie is probably. They're, in the yeah, comics, they're all but, in the comics. But yeah. yeah, I just I never think of I think of like the main characters as being in the comics, but all these like ancillary and auxiliary characters, I never think of them as being written in the comics, but. That's interesting that he's made of sound. Yeah, very very different. But I, I like this version of him too. He's he's really interesting, weird, weird yeah. person. Yeah, I, I it was it was sad to see him go. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, c- couldn't escape uh, couldn't escape our boy Michael B. Jordan. Ooh, which reminds me, I forgot to write one down here. Who can? That, uh, Who can? No, yeah, no one. Not, not especially not my heart. So, uh, so yeah, Black Panther was great. Um, we watched uh, Thor Ragnarok last night, um, which I know I know we've spoken about before. Um, uh, I like very much. Um, it, you really do see the humor of Taika start to creep in a bit. Um, th- a bit. Oh, it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So to me, it it strikes the balance of of a lot of humor, but still not being like overbearing. Like some of Taika's later stuff is like that's for me when it starts to kind of go over that line a little bit but i know for a lot of people thor ragnarok was over that line but to me like that's the balance that like i think is like there were there was there were jokes everywhere um without you know the characters being made into jokes i I guess is what i'm trying to say so um i liked it a lot the kids liked it a lot um sarah had seen it before so um you know no, no like real big surprises there um, it is interesting to to go back and there's just things that you forget. Like I remembered um, with the, the the guy's name at the beginning with like the big you know crown. Uh, Heimdall. Uh, no, 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 no. The um, like the one that Loki? ends up. Uh, no, no, no. The one that he's fighting, like the the big the one that ends up destroying Asgard. Oh, uh, uh, Surtur. So yeah, Surtur. Yep. So, um, too many big crowns. I was going to be like, hella, yeah. like, keep going. And I, <laughs> and I totally forgot that he's the one that causes Ragnarok because at the very end, it's like, oh, you know, this was never about, you know, stopping it. It was just about, you know, like causing it. And I, I, you know, sometimes you forget, uh, certain lines. And but right before the line comes, I was like, ooh, I, I, this is one of my favorite lines in like all of Thor. And it's Anthony Hopkins. And he's like, you know, like I, he's like, I, I can't, I can't do it. I don't have my hammer. And it's so good. He's like, are you Thor, the god of hammers? <laughs> it was never about your hammer, dude. And uh, so yeah, there's some, there's some really cool bits in there. And also, having never watched them chronologically, I never put together that as they're leaving Asgard on their way to Earth. In that mid-credit scene is where Thanos, uh, where the ship takes, um, like overtakes them, and that's where Infinity War starts. 
And I should have put that together because they come out like really close to each other. Yeah, they were within a year, I think. They're right there. And just in my brain, I always start watching Infinity War. And it's like, oh, man, like we're coming into this story like midway. But it's like, nope, it just happens like right hours after right yeah. then. Yeah. Like in that same time period. So we watched we started Infinity War tonight. We got up to um, when they they just got to Wakanda, which is just about halfway through mm-hmm. where um, they get reunited. Steve uh, uh, gets they're bringing vision there to protect him. Yeah. And, I, and next time you sit down, it's just going to be like crazy action for an hour. Exactly. So it's, and it's really, cause I remember infinity war being bananas and there's some action, but it's mainly set up for like an hour 10. And like, now that we're here, like I, I, I see this being like 45, 50 minutes of action, like for the rest of the yeah. movie. So we'll see if we can get through that tomorrow. It's only, you know, less than an hour. Uh, but yeah, so that, and then the one I wanted to mention, not, not to end on a downer, but because I thought of Michael B. Jordan, this is another one that I, I just kind of came across. And I remember Chris, um, saying that it was good, even though it wasn't like an uplifting, you know, film, um, which I, usually I try, you know, I avoid these. I don't want to feel bad, but like, I felt like it was an important thing to watch because it's based on a true story. I watched uh, Fruitvale station, um, which is, uh, the true story of a, a uh, young man who is shot by um, Metro Police, uh, like uh, the um, Bay Area Metro Police, um, in uh, like there's it, there's a whole thing leading up to it. There's like an altercation and like you know the the police get involved. But I thought it was interesting because the entire movie is not really about that. The entire movie is just about this person and how he's flawed and it's just his life and with his uh, his family and his daughter and he's you know trying to you know have his get his life in order so it's not like all the stuff leading up to this thing it's just his life and then this one thing happens and derails and then it's over so it was it's a very um i think it's ryan coogler's directorial debut i want to say i looked it up and, and and it was that and ryan coogler is also the director of black um black panther um, and I want to say at least one of the Creed movies, um, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, so Coogler and Michael B. Jordan definitely uh, have uh, have uh, that good working relationship as well. So again, not the you know the happiest uh, uh, of films, but an important one. And uh, glad I watched it. it; was solid all the way through. And yeah, so we we'll look forward to finishing uh, Infinity War and then Ant Man two, and then the End Game. And then maybe we'll take a quick breather before starting Loki and WandaVision. I'm really curious how your children react to the end of Infinity War. Yeah. 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 I think, oh, it was funny. So, so at the beginning of, um, so we're Infinity War and um, uh, uh, Thor, or sorry, Thanos uh, picks up Loki, you know, who's tr- who tries to stab him and doesn't do it. And then he like it squeezes the life out of him, and you just see the life go out of him, and he drops him. And one of my and my oldest looks over, and he's like, "Is is he really dead?" And I was like, "It would seem so." And uh, and and he's like, he's like, he's not dead. How else would he have his own show? <laughs> and I was like, you know, I think that sometimes when you're watching something and you know there's sequels, you know, but like you, you try not to think that way. You suspend well, the, the show takes place bit. before that, I, but he is dead. The show yeah. takes place before that. 
Yeah. So, and but I, I said to him, I was like, yeah, but you know, there's like there's timelines, and you know, there's there's there's. He'll understand that after Ed Gabe when they start. Right. Which time. which I didn't want to like start getting into, but uh, yeah. but yeah, for sure. So. But yeah, and then the other one was um, oh, there was something else like that that he said, and I was like, no, remember, like there's. Oh, oh, you know, no, I, I started to say it and I was like, I can't say it yet because um, uh, Spider-Man, he hasn't gotten to the point where he sees that there's multiples and there's different, you know, like verses and timelines and stuff. They've seen um, into the Spider-Verse, but it's been a long time. So I just don't think that's in their heads. So cool. So, yeah. Be in for surprise then. Makes me wonder if they'd known the situation. Um if they would have rewritten some of the Black Panther stuff to make Michael B. Jordan's character kind of take over, you know what I mean? Yeah, because I I don't yeah. I don't know who knew what. I know when the news ha- when the news broke, it was like you know very few people knew, like people close to him knew, and maybe like some you know some people at Marvel knew. Um, but yeah, it wasn't you know known to the point where they could have you know moved the ship. You know, based on that news. Yeah, I don't. I I really loved him in that movie. I mean, yeah. if they could even just find a way to bring him back, so we're like, oh, he didn't really die or something. I don't know. Yeah. You haven't What's seen that? Wakanda Forever? No, uh, I'm not. Uh, should watch it. Wink. Well, when it comes on Disney Plus, I'm gonna watch it. Oh, speaking of Probably things that soon. are available streaming now, um, I just added to my list that I didn't realize it was coming so soon. Black Adam. Oh yeah, yeah. Is available, yeah. yeah. So that's we added that to the list. So we'll be watching that pretty soon. Uh, speaking of, since we're talking about that, Kelsey, do you do you mind if I preempt your little section here and just talk some DC? Can we talk about? Please do. Yeah, I'm happy to talk DC. It's crazy over there right okay. now. Insane. So I and I'll, I'll only yeah. I'll preface this by saying I probably won't say too much during this segment. Uh, uh, thankfully, but. I'm seeing a lot of stuff on social about like Dwayne Johnson and unfollowing people at DC and like if there's drama going on there. So I'm curious to hear what the what the news is. So, um, yeah, the parts I understand of the story. So some of this is pretty, pretty widely talked about, and that's. Okay, if you've not seen Black Adam yet, um, maybe skip ahead ten minutes or something, five ten minutes. Um, just be not that. If I know, if, things, if I know but, about the the reveal in the credits, can I stay? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's the only thing I don't want to. I don't want to screw that up if somebody has it. But at this point, it probably doesn't really matter anymore. But anyway, if you don't want to be spoiled with that, you know, skip ahead a little bit. I'm not going to ruin the plot of Black Adam, but at least give me a minute or two if you want to skip ahead. So um, I've, you've been warned. So yeah, at the very end of Black Adam, like the very end, um, you know, Henry Cavill is there as Superman because um, what's her name uh, is like, you know, we're going to keep tabs on you. Um, what was and, No, uh, what's you know the behind suicide squad what's her name kelsey help me oh um viola davis uh man i can picture her face yeah viola davis yeah 
what's her name again uh, and anyway. it'll come to me later yeah like the director that's behind all of that and and you know anyway oh james god basically since superman <laughs> No, <laughs> but send, the idea is send Superman to like keep like let Black Adam know like hey you because at the end of like you're okay if you stay here in your country right and he's like nobody can tell me what to do and they're like well maybe we can and they send Superman and that's kind of the way the movie ends so you get the idea that like you know maybe they're gonna have a heart heart or something but. Amanda the Waller idea being that Waller. Thank yes, you. that's it. Waller. So yeah, I was yes. saying I was saying Viola Davis, which is the actress that the plays actress, Waller. Okay, so Waller, yeah. the one who got like yeah. bumped in the head when they were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh huh. So um, Amanda Waller, yeah, she's she's the one that pops up like at the end. But um, anyway, what you find out is that The Rock basically pushed ridiculously hard to get Cavill in for that scene. Okay. Because, you know, apparently the DC... But wait, DC's been... The Warner Brothers has kind of been a mess here lately. Shambles anyway. for a bit, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, they hadn't really talked, I think, about having him do anything else, and he really pushed for it. Like, oh, and, and basically, like, was like, oh, Superman's back. Henry Cavill's going to be Superman. And, yeah, he probably shouldn't have done that. And uh, I guess there were some other shenanigans that kind of went on. I don't know the full details, but. And then he's, of course, mad because the film didn't make money. Um, and, you know, Warner Brothers not happy that the film didn't make money. And all the people that ran that stuff are not running that stuff anymore. Now mm. that James Gunn is in charge. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I don't know how much to take. You're only hearing one side of every story. The thing is that James Gunn, at least on his side, he stayed above all that fray and has just talked about the future and kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So with the Henry Cavill stuff, he's like, hey, we sit down, we had a conversation. Um, you know, there might be something we can collaborate on in the future. He also said that, you know, he had talked to Ben Affleck about directing a film coming up. And, um, and then my understanding, Kelsey, am I right that they're still going to release Flash next year? Yeah, I think Flash and Aquaman two are still supposed to come out. So, but that will be like the end of kind of the Snyderverse stuff, yeah, right? Like Wonder Woman three's stopped. Um, they got canceled. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of that, rumors. Wonder Woman three that the current iteration of that script got canceled. They're yeah. still supposed to be working, on my understanding, on a Wonder Woman property. Yeah, I. It sounds like they're recasting like everybody though. Like I don't think it'll be Gal Gadot anymore. Yeah, I don't. I didn't hear for sure on that one yeah. because Gal had, had kind of put out some things about, hey, I'm excited about the I next Wonder that. Woman yeah. thing, and so I don't know. I, I'll find out. I liked Gal as Wonder yeah. Woman, so I I'm actually really excited they're starting over. I don't like almost any of the casting for this current DC slate. Oh, okay. I think she was fine. Yeah, you know, the other people. Um, I think Momoa like, was good as Aquaman. I I don't, but all the the rumors right now are they're going to recast him as Lobo, which is who he really wants to right. be. And I'm like, that yeah. makes a lot more sense to me. That's who he was like born to play. Yeah, he would make a good Lobo. 
Yeah. So that makes sense. I just looked up Lobo, but, and yeah, that looks like Jason Momoa. <laughs> and, and he acts yeah. like him too. Like he's big and scary, but he's also like kind of the goofy idiot at the same okay. time. So it like really, really suits the character. Yeah, and there's a lot you can do because I mean, okay, bounty hunter. I mean, you can write whatever story you want, basically, yeah. right? Crazy space stuff, Earth stuff, whatever. Yeah. Right, and having done what he did with Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, seems like a good fit. Yeah. Oh, and but Gar- he did yeah, mention and, and Guardians Three has to come out still next year. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I guess that's the end of his. That should be the last thing, yeah, in the Marvel that he's last doing. Marvel, yeah. yeah. And he and he said th- he said something to the effect of that, like that's the last of that iteration of the Guardians. So we expect that yeah. to come to some kind of end. Yeah, like that team's always changing in the books. So like yeah. I imagine uh, if they'll do more Guardians in the future, it'll just be a different makeup. Maybe they'll keep one or two of them on, and, and the rest will be replaced or whatever. Yeah. So, so James Gunn is in charge of it. He kind of put out that, probably the biggest announcement, that he's working on a new Superman script. Mm-hmm. And so he's taking charge of that, and he wants to go back to a very traditional Superman, kind of emulating that original Superman, Christopher Reeve yeah. movie. Yeah, where young era Superman. Right, it's it's him at the Daily Planet, early on with Lois. Not not they're not redoing the origin story again. It's just going to be picking up where you know he's in the big city, early Superman stuff, mm. which is perfect. And I hope to God that they can just make him back into the Boy Scout that he is because that's totally. the character, and just let that be. You know, let him be the 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 person that seems way too clean to be there and probably doesn't understand half of what's going on, you know, because personality wise, that's it. Like that's Kent, right? That's Mm. the whole idea is like that clean boy scout. Superman has the power, but you know, the character is still doesn't really understand why people do bad things and why are people behaving the way they behave? So yeah. anyway, yeah. I don't dislike Cavill. I do think that he was like just had an angry face for like ninety percent <laughs> of his scenes when he was Superman, and I, I didn't understand why he looked so menacing all the time for the character that he's supposed to be. I think that's he a, was a very Snyder thing gruff. more than a Henry Cavill thing. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was the. He was kind of the. Because like, if you watch him in other things, like the. Uh, Enola Holmes, uh, where he plays Sherlock. Like, yeah, I haven't seen that. He does not look angry at all. He's like lovable and yeah. charming, and uh, he's like this big brother character in that one. And uh, yeah, very different mood if he wants to have it. Gotcha. I I feel great that he's. Um, it's probably jumping ahead a little bit, but I love that he's already announced that he's doing the thing with. Um, what is it? Amazon? The um, the Warhammer. The Warhammer thing, because yeah. he's he's such an enormous nerd. Like he's just like a computer, uh, you know, computer game playing, uh, tabletop, you know, like uh, nerd. So the fact that and he, him being in The Witcher was great. So one of the first things I saw after he wasn't Superman anymore, the tweet was like, "Okay, can we have him back as The Witcher, please?" But then it was like, "Oh, he's doing this whole Warhammer adaptation." I was like, "That's got to be a dream for him." Yeah. Well, apparently. Again, 
how much do you know to take? There are some reports that Cavill was hard to work with during for the Witcher stuff. So okay. I don't know. And I I don't know which, what to believe because, again, you're only hearing parts of stories that you have nothing about. I'm, right. I'm not going to judge any of that stuff. So who knows? A lot of people are like, well, he quit his job just to do... Uh, I don't, that doesn't sound right. I don't, I don't think that's probably the right story. Uh, nobody goes, yeah, let me quit my job that I've got lined up so I can do a cameo in a rock film. That's that's my new career. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's the way it's going. I'm 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 glad that DC has what I feel like is a pretty good captain at the helm. Yes, and. Because they've kind of been adrift with... It's just been a mess, right? Mm-hmm. For a while. With no real direction <laughs> at all. So uh, I'll be curious to see, you know, where that takes us. But that's kind of what I know of. And Kelsey, did I miss anything? No. Um, the other stuff's just rumors. I think you've like talked about all the actually confirmed stuff. And like you said, I'm, I'm excited. James Gunn's got a pretty good track record with the superhero stuff so far um so i'm looking forward to someone who understands comics uh to be in charge enough to make big decisions there finally because whoever was making the decisions before didn't understand comics at all yeah i haven't looked are they doing another season of peacemaker uh, i haven't uh, seen one confirmed but i think he said he wants to and He's obviously got the power to green light things now, so I don't see why not. But it was a fun series. Like maybe with with everything getting rebooted, maybe it just doesn't fit into how they're going forward now, so he'll have to start something else. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I think they could still do a series. Or maybe he'll cast John that. Cena as the next Superman. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like the the Peacemaker stuff doesn't really. I mean, it's so off to the side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't they think sh- it really matters a lot. They should cast Dwayne Johnson as Superman. Oh, <laughs> then you'll have that I'm angry guess... face the whole movie. Yeah, right. Just... I'm gonna guess after all this, there will be no more Dwayne Johnson involvement with any DC properties. If I had to guess, that's probably and a safe bet. That's probably probably whatever it needs to be. I, I think he really <laughs> wanted... I like Black Adam. He really wanted that big... Black Adam Henry Cavill Superman like movie like fight to happen yeah yeah and i'm sure he's probably just as shocked as i am that the film really didn't make any money i mean i know it got panned by Mm. critics but i enjoyed it the people i talked to enjoyed it i'm just like wow so nobody went and saw it apparently um so okay you know but that's that's the way hollywood can't make money you're not gonna get in the film i can't believe crave up here so i won't even be able to watch it for a while because we don't have crave yet i can't believe they'll let Dwayne voice Superman's dog, but won't let him play Superman. He would not be a good Superman. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what happens. My my curiosity though is that um, so they're gonna have you Flash. Man, that that's I don't know. Flash Gordon. So anyway, do you think like I I don't you haven't read Flashpoint right? No. No. So there's a there's like timeline manipulation stuff in there so they could literally make that like the starting point of whatever they're doing next like they could still have them in continuity if they but that man that that film's already in the can 
I know, right. but like if if they just do a flashpoint thing, like they can reset everything right at the end with some you know time, some speed time stuff, and then, and then boom, we're in a new series that's still connected to the old one. We 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 could. I don't know. It'll. I just wonder though, like how long is going to be the gap, right? So we'll get probably a flash of years, them. Yeah. Is it going to be like several years before we get a new DC? Matt, if film? they're just writing scripts now like they still have to cast and film like we're not getting the next tc thing till 2025 probably is maybe my guess that's what i'm thinking and man that's a long like, time to we might get to be without yeah. we might get the next like uh, matt reeves batman which isn't connected to any of this uh 2024 maybe yeah because they did say that was going to continue yeah. and, and they're going to do a, a jo- and, another joker movie right, right? the joker right. Yeah. the joker musical which yeah, is super interesting, yeah. But it's kind of like lives outside the realm of like this box, right? Yeah. It's like under yeah. the umbrella, but outside of this, you know, like it's not the DCU, right? right exactly. This, yeah. This cinematic universe or whatever. So, so Chris, if they do the like time force shenanigans with Flashpoint, they could have uh, Momoa Lobo versus Momoa Aquaman in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> We don't need that, but <laughs> yeah, sure. They could, they could do all sorts of things. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe that's the way they're going to use it to say, Hey, you know, things have changed now and they can somehow put a lid on it because yeah. I don't know. The storyline out of the old stuff is such a mess and doesn't make a lot of good sense, but mm-hmm. that's all right. Fine, yeah. let's move forward. Yeah, and, that. and I know Affleck is a bit of a meme, but I I think people forget what a terrific director he can be. So I'm all for putting him at the helm of something if it makes sense, if it's gonna you know if it's gonna work. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, I I do think there was some rocky stuff there with him like directing not directing is he batman is he not batman like there was some some rocky stuff there so i don't know if they'll be able to to kind of navigate that but i'm i'm curious what they'll be able to to do yeah to me like affleck was a competent batman mm-hmm. but not memorable right. so no, it'd be that, interesting said, to see where said, this stuff goes that workout scene Hitting some tires with some hammers, yeah. Yep, <laughs> some chains. <laughs> All right. So besides the DC stuff, uh, Kelsey, what else is going on in your world? Mine's super short because, like you, my December just feels like it's been pretty busy, and my normal game nights that I've had with buddies uh, kind of fell through these last couple weeks. Uh, so I, th- I think it was like a month ago I mentioned I keep trying to watch Rollerball and falling asleep, and I finally finished the whole movie. And it was fine. I really probably should have stopped where I fell asleep. <laughs> um, the ending, they really pushed really hard to try and make it really like impactful and meaningful, but it just, I don't know, it didn't land for me. And for our listeners, you need to reiterate that that's original role. Yeah, this, the, I don't know, like late 70s one, I think, with uh, James Caan. Yeah, yeah was like, like 77, 78, something like that. Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. R- right around the time of Star Trek, the motion picture. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Star Trek probably ripped this one off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. That's Th- where Vidra came from. There's like one scene in it that's like two minutes long that like makes the movie sci-fi, and the rest of it's just like 
a weird sports future thing. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I remember James Caan was in it. Um, yeah. Who, any other actors that we'd recognize? Like who's, who's your villain? Nobody else that I did. Okay. So the villain's kind of like a, a nameless corporation. Mm. Um, so there's a few executives that you meet, but like you don't really have like a face to the villain in that okay. movie. Um, I, I went over to Buddy's house and watched uh, the OVA uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, all six episodes, uh, a few days ago. And on purpose? I, yeah, I on purpose. I don't know what the OVA is. Um, Original voice actor. Yeah. Actors. Oh. Um, duh, it's a, not a dub. It's a subtitle. Gotcha. It was interesting. I haven't watched anything. I think I probably watched Gundam Wing like in the late 90s, early 2000s a bunch. And I've never really seen any other Gundam stuff. It was a lot slower and less giant mechs than I expected. <laughs> I've got friends that keep trying to get me into some of that stuff and they'll put it on when they're... I'm just... My eyes just glaze over. So, and So Mobile Suit Gundam, I'd say... Uh, probably not your thing. I wouldn't recommend that one to you. Maybe there's a what? different version of Gundam because there's like ten of them. One, maybe one of them will hit for you, but it's not that one. What's the one with the girls and the mechs? The, oh my Evangelion. God. Yes. Oh yeah. God, I had to sit through one of those. I'm like, what <laughs> am I watching? Like, like someone no sat you clue. through, like trying to watch <clears throat> the, like an episode or. A... Yeah, I was over at my buddy's house, and and both uh, I was with two friends, and they're both like. We gotta watch this, uh, like the Evangelion f- film or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is this good. Is oh yeah, oh yeah. And I'm sitting there the whole time, I'm like, what on earth am I watching? I don't understand any of this. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. I mean, yeah, I've I've only uh, ever known of Gundam as uh, like via the models. Like that. Like mm. that's the first thing I think of is like Gundam is intricate detailed models and you know like big robots and stuff so it started i'm assuming as a tv show animated show uh Didn't yeah get... Pro- or probably a manga before that but oh, yeah okay. i only know about the the animes okay and, and we got that as robotech right no that's a different giant robot thing oh, okay i yeah. can never i can't just gundam robotech even gillian oh there's another yeah. one too it's a lot blanket yeah there's a lot uh but like so six episodes on the one we've watched and there was maybe two episodes that actually had mech fights in them and five mechs total maybe like it was really not a focus of the show like it was just like this kid on this colony uh and uh some weird splinter group is trying to like infiltrate the colony and build a mech in the colony so they can like uh, do this top secret mission inside so the kid kind of gets sucked into like hanging out with one of the bad guys and like and they kind of form a bond and, and get to know each other and then there's a a girl his next door neighbor who works for the government who's like protecting the colony um so you, you kind of get to spend time with both sides idea and and you really uh, you know some of the bad guys are just you know awful people and you're like yeah they're terrible but the, the one you spend the most time with he seems like a decent human being and you're kind of rooting for both sides at the same time and and i lean over to my friend and i'm like i don't really know who the bad guy is in this situation 
And then in the last episode, the little kid who's probably like 10, uh, he's, he starts uh, praying because he, he finds out that if they don't destroy this uh, new Gundam, um, they're going to nuke the whole colony and just kill everybody. And so he's, he's like, I don't know what to do. He's like, he's just praying because he's lost all other ideas. And he starts talking. He's like, I swear I'll never torture frogs and snakes anymore. And I'll never. I'm like, whoa, like, Dyer's the bad guy of the show. Like, this kid is awful. He's going to be a serial killer. Just horrifying stuff he's confessing to. Relax. Just want to show you some yeah. pictures. <laughs> just, uh, you know, it, just go watch some old Gotcha Man or something. That's, yeah. that's some good, wholesome anime. So It was a Christmas thing, though, because they uh they had a christmas parade so i think that's why he put it on for me he's like it's a christmas movie we can watch it. Yeah. <laughs> now is, is right. now is this a friend who's trying to get you into it this is a friend who loves anime only from the like 70s through 90s interesting um, and nothing beyond that so the last like six months every time i've gone over there he's just got something in that i've never heard of before He's like, we're watching this today. Mm. And I'm like, all right, let's try it out and cool. see how it goes. And sometimes it's really cool. It's always really weird. Um, yeah, but uh, it's, it's opening my, my anime uh, up quite a bit. Awesome. Uh, and Bill, I've started playing some Skyward Sword finally. Nice. I'm, I'm not super far yet. I'm in the like second, I don't know, dungeon in quotes, because I don't really know the overworlds are kind of like dungeons too because you have to like do all these puzzles to like get into the dungeon a bit yeah yeah so i'm in the earth temple right now like literally walked in the door and saved cool. um yeah I, I do like the dungeon so far i the combat's frustrating me the the first boss of the first dungeon gear him um he killed me I, I like i died to the first boss because i didn't understand what i was doing and how to how to do the combat and it was very annoying the yeah so i remember loving this game and it being like me like at the time I'm thinking like this might be my favorite zelda game and i put like 50 hours into it and i loved it to pieces and so the remaster came out i got it i'm playing it mostly handheld on the switch um I think it's I think it's on the switch, not the switch light. So I do have the option of like removing the nunchucks. Mm -hmm. But since I'm not docked when I play, usually I don't really like to do that because then I'm like hunched over, you know, trying to do motion controls small, like yeah. on a little thing. So they've redone the combat in a way that you can, you know, decide like, OK, like where like, you know, am I poking, you know, where like, you know, like because it used to be you had to use motion controls for combat. So now that you're on buttons and, and joystick, I find myself constantly, oh, wait, I've, I forgot I've got to hold this or I've got to do this or wait, I'm not turning around. I've got to do this or wait, my camera's not working because that. Oh, the, the camera is infuriating because that stick that is for combat is usually yeah. the camera stick. Yep. And so I keep pushing it and like, you know, doing a slice and falling off an edge instead yep. of. So if, where if, I, want to if I remember, like you have to hold something if you want to use it as the camera otherwise it's combat and like yeah so i i'm yeah. i'm like i can get my brain to do what i want it to do but it's a struggle and yes. i'm i'm finding it not as fluid as it was when i just had a nunchuck and um you know wiimote in my hand so 
I, I didn't, uh, yeah, that, that was, I mean, I don't want to say disappointing, but yeah, it's definitely a chore, uh, doing the controls yeah. the way they want you to do it. So having not played it before, I always thought like, why don't they just make the sword swinging buttons? But they would have to redesign every single enemy in that game too, because they're all designed to work with those weird motion controls. Right. They're like up and down and blocking yeah. on sides. And... Like like revengeance. Yeah. Like some of them are blocking up <laughs> and down, so you have to get it. Like you have to swipe <laughs> in the center, and then like they'll have two swords. So like, and then they'll go up and down, and then they'll both be up or both be down. So you have to be able to, yeah. you know, swipe high or yeah. swipe down or swipe low, and it's almost and... like a golf game at that point. So now you've got your little stick and it's like, okay, this needs to be a vertical slice. So then yeah. you do it with your Please stick. Please hit the fairway. Come on. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It's the, the lock on too, I'm finding frustrating when there's, it's awesome when there's one character, like you can lock onto them. No problems. If there's more than one, you can like knock some of them down and then you're supposed to be able to like jump and like stab them. Yes. And I can never lock on to who fell down because it yeah. wants to lock onto the guy closer to me and the other guy flew backwards. Yep. And so I never get a chance to do that when there's more than one guy around. I forgot really about that movie yet because where you have to like jump down and like strike the center yeah. and then and then like they become not stunned anymore and yeah it's unfortunately it's it's a product of the way the game was designed versus the way it controls now which is a shame mm. so again like I've kind of forced my way through parts of it but yeah it is definitely frustrating. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, just for completion's sake, it's one of the very few Zelda games I have left to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, the The starting was really slow too. Like, there's yes. a lot of story and characters and little like menial tasks to like learn how things work. It was like two hours before you kind of get to like jump off the island and fly somewhere. I it, which honestly, like, I felt the same way about Wind Waker. Like, there's so yeah, much to do. Yeah. There's so much to do before like okay, like what's the gameplay loop? get on your boat sail wherever you want right so same thing like what's the gameplay loop in skyward jump off an island fly where you're gonna fly and it takes them like a real like a little while before you like i think of like um ocarina where it's like yeah you got to get through the great deku tree but like once you kind of know how to do that it's a pretty quick thing to get through when you start that game but yeah it's we've talked about this before with persona games where it's like yeah they're some of the worst defenders please let me play the game i'd love to play the game right now and they're like no no no, no. just give us eight hours of your time and then i promise you can play it (laughs) yeah i i do well at least in those it's like building up story and characters oh it's building all right yeah the story and characters are so light it's like i get it i know what i'm doing like let me go yeah at least in persona it's like uh relationships it's it's world building it's it's why am i here how did i you know like there there is there is a a method to it so i get it yeah that's been about it just uh you know an anime a movie and and one game for me this week because all my the rest of my game time i'm still uh playing through nes games uh to to write about them Uh, i've got about 130 left to go so mostly done very good awesome when do you have a deadline um we were hoping to get the part that i'm working on now done this month um and it'll be close i might be able to do that still we'll see how christmas goes um but if we're a little bit into january that's fine okay yeah there you go all of the writing will definitely be done in january 
and then we can start doing layouts and editing and, and however long that kind of stuff takes. Very good. Any idea when you'll be going to press? Depends when the how long the layout and editing goes. Uh, layout is not my responsibility, so <laughs> I, I don't know how long that takes. And it's going to be a big book, so I imagine the editing is going to take weeks to a month. So, I don't know, spring maybe? Summer. Spring, summer. Okay. Yeah, I hope spring. I'll always try and keep it pushing forward. If, if I have ability to help trim down the time, I will. But some of it's out of my hands. Very good. So we'll see. All right. Do we, uh, do we get to write... <laughs> Like a blurb for the back cover, right? Like, Ooh. Kelsey Polnick is the best gamer you've ever seen. Yeah. Says Since Chris Game Master Howard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Act uh, actor or, sleepers. <laughs> Star of sleepers. <laughs> <laughs> Once was near Kevin Bacon. Says this book is phenomenal. That's why, that's... <laughs> why you're my favorite person bill because you're my one step yep. for, to kevin bacon everyone who knows me <laughs> you're one degree off baby <laughs> uh so um and my like kelsey was mentioning that yeah it's been busy around here um i wouldn't say so much that i've been busy it's the family's been very busy sure yeah. and the weekends are stuff yeah. going on so a lot of times like even sometimes they're gone and they're doing stuff and then i'm holding down the Ford or I've got one of the kids and somebody else's, you know, so anyway, it's, it's stayed hopping. Um, as far as, as gaming goes, so I, I continue to play a lot of, um, tactics, ogre reborn. Mm. If you like that kind of game, this game is awesome. Mm. Uh, it's just, man, it's really, really good. There's a lot of content in this game. It's, there's a lot there. So, you know, I've got a lot of hours into it, and I feel like I'm nearing the end. But from what I understand, there's still content after that too. And then you can go back and do the like choices you didn't make the first time, and you can recruit the characters you didn't get. And so there's a lot of meat on the bone, which is good. It's going to make a good winter game for me that I can keep chipping away at when mm -hmm. I feel like it. And there's enough in the game where you kind of always feel like you're progressing and you're always, you know, making your characters a little bit better. So they've always, you know, you don't want those kind of games where um, you don't, you just feel like you're fighting fights to fight them and you don't, they're not, they're useless. They're just time sinks. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's some of that content there, but for the most part, it's, it's pretty well paced and it's interesting how it, how it goes. My, it's funny. My kids were like, this game doesn't look very good. <laughs> I'm like, this is a game from like, it's a remastered game from like 1995. <laughs> like, it's a almost a 30 year old game. I mean, it, it's it is as what old it as is. your kids. Yeah. Right? I'm like, yeah, you know, I was young when this thing came out. You guys didn't exist. But, um, but I mean, it still looks pretty good. But, I mean, obviously, it's just an updating of that original art. So, yeah, I mean, it to people do this but the gameplay is ridiculously solid so there's a very firm bedrock in there and there's enough quality of life things that are there to not make it like there is a kind of permadeath to characters but honestly you'd almost have to try to do it on purpose <laughs> i mean you get so much leeway like when your characters get knocked out 
there's a turn counter that starts up. And so you got three full turns to revive them. Reviving them's not incredibly difficult, right? But let's say that you don't do it, right? Well, it. then it's like they get like three lives. So you've lost one. And then <laughs> you've got a couple more you can still go through before they actually die. Um, and the whole game has this, they call it the chariot something. Or chariot tarot or something. Anyway, it's just a time reversal. It's like every single step you take in the game, you can just rewind and make a different step. There's a limit, but it's a huge limit. So if you do this thing and like your guy dies, you can be like, ah, crap, let me go back and try this so that doesn't happen. Or Trust me, it's not a thing, right? So if that would worry you, never let it worry you. Um, there's like crafting in the game, but it's not like pain in the butt crafting. It's more of just like, oh, it's like a different kind of shop thing, essentially. Mm-hmm. So not really that big of a deal um so anyway yeah and the story is pretty good but it's good enough to where like all the story pieces are kept to i don't know maybe five minute chunks and they don't come around a ton so and that's all voice acted um but it's my kind of game it's it's deep in gameplay Mm -hmm. there's some story to move along you kind of can appreciate what's going on but it's not like oh my god i'm gonna go take a nap while the story drags on um so yeah i would highly recommend it Um, i'm playing on playstation 5 i have to imagine the game is probably exactly the same on the switch or wherever you decide to play it Uh, it's not graphically heavy duty i mean they use a few effects but not much I know Engineer Mike said he picked that one up and he's playing through it. So I think he grabbed the Switch one. Yeah, I would say if you if you like triangle strategy, then yeah, give this one a shot. You'll enjoy it. Um, outside of that, I did get picked for the Street Fighter Six beta, which is actually Ooh. going on this weekend. Nice work. And so I, f- I fired it up yesterday, and uh, did you man, create I'm not an oddly good. proportioned character. No, I created what I thought was a normally human-ish looking character. When I kids saw it, they were like, oh my god, he's still ugly. But yeah, no, trust me, you're walking around and like the other people have made these monstrosities that shouldn't exist. But yeah, I get it, they're, they're letting people do it for the memes, right? And so if that gets people talking, rock on. You know, that your, your marketing people are happy. Um but the the fighting is, seems solid. I think the issue gets to be. I mean, Kelsey, I don't know if you've read anything about this game at all. Not the beta, um, just uh, like the press release stuff that's come out so far. So, if you're familiar with like the base system that they've implemented in this game called the drive system, um, I like I don't know how it works in action, but I, I have seen it mentioned. It's different than any other street fighter game that you've played um you have like a separate drive bar and like you use up drive bar pieces if you want to do like uh, ex moves or what would have been ex moves now like drive whatever um basically like souped up drive driving whatever driving spinning pile drivers right you'd have like a yeah, they have like a term for it. But yes, like if you wanted essentially what you'd be an EX move, then that's now whatever. 
no more EX bar. Hmm. And you can also parry with it, and you can use this thing called Drive Impact. And Drive Impact is like this super kind of flowy move that like if they're not blocking or doing something, like it stuns them and you can do like a combo. And it's like a free combo. And if you do it to them when they have no drive gauge left, like they that's the only way you can stun them. Like it doesn't have traditional stun anymore. Okay. So you're only basically going to get stunned if you let that happen to yourself by spending too much of your gauge. I don't, I'm not a fan of playing the game. Oh, no. I mean, it might be fun to watch people play, but this layer is so not what I used to in Street Fighter or, or fighting games. I feel like this is, I'm like, this it just feels too weird to me. And I what, kind of, I'm getting a little bit of it. What's the pro player okay. consensus? Do they feel the same way or are they kind of on board with They that? like it. They like it, but again, this is still these are Street Fighter Five players, and Street Fighter Five, for well or for ill, um, it's very reliant on you knowing frame frame data. Mm-hmm. You know, this move is plus, this move is minus. This is when I can. This is when it's my turn. This is when I can do this stuff. There's not a lot of feel to the game. You just have to know the numbers essentially if you want right. to do well. And this game gives it through some of these mechanics gives some of that back more of that feel kind of thing to it i mean obviously frame data is still important for some things but this also gives you ways to like play around with the systems and like oh, okay well i can interrupt or or do whatever and like this drive impact has some hyper armor to it but it's not much so like you can jab through it to break somebody out of it so like a lot of times that's why i've been i've I found myself mashing jab a lot to try to just, because people just, obviously it's new. People are spamming this button. And if you get hit by it, it's the most annoying thing in the universe. But, so, I mean, obviously once the people get good at it, that spammy will go away and it it won't be such a thing. But it adds such a weird dynamic to it for me. I don't know. This might be the first one where I'm like, "Um, I'll just watch. I won't pick this one up. So when you do a beta like this, do you have to like do a survey or something at the end? Yeah, yeah. So I played, and there's some things they like want you to watch for, because really, it's not the full game. It's just basically online fighting, and um, they have like some tournaments set up, and then they have like ranked, and then they have just casual matches. So that's all you're doing really is playing around with that. They give you a couple of the features, but that's pretty much it. So it's really more of like just testing out their net code how the connection feel, how did it play. And boy, I had some pretty doggone choppy fights where I'm like, this is kind of a mess, you know, where it just, I felt it's very stuttered and didn't feel good to play. And there were some other matches where it was like you're out of the arcade cabinet. I mean, I would have never known I was online, but some of the tricks they have to do with that too, like um, like uh, throw breaks, right? So you know you like this. What it looks like on the screen is really weird. It's like this big, almost like pause that happens, and then so if you tech, 
it really looks very strange. Because it's almost like, oh, here's a big window for you to tech. And if you tech the throw, okay, I mean, you get your reversal, but, like, it's it looks weird to watch. It's like there's, like, this chunk of... Uh, uh, going on. I don't know if that might just be part of the beta or the network code trying to figure out the timing. I don't know. Um, I think it'd be a good game. I think a lot of people enjoy it. I think maybe I'm just getting to that point, right? Where the game has moved on so much from me and the original stuff, the fundamentals that I enjoyed. I mean, it's just a, it's kind of a different game now. and Maybe it's just not the game for, for me. Maybe I, I'm sure I'll still enjoy watching people play it. But learning to play it, I don't know. The guy that runs the Street Fighter group up here has been messaging me lately. He's like, hey, you going to come join us when uh, when 6 comes out here? I don't you know. might I like might go, it. I might go I try like for a bit. We'll see. You might like it. But you have to... Okay, I mean, to do any decently, you have to understand this whole drive mechanic. I mean, it's not one of those things where you could just hop in like, eh, I'll just ignore this. Not really. That's not you're not gonna very do very well with it. Um a lot of the mechanics is outside of that drive system are pretty similar to what's been before, right? So the X moves are still like two punches, two kicks. You know, like a lot of the moves you know how to do are still the same moves. But they do have something that I'm still gonna try out before the beta is over. They have this modern control option. So if you don't want to like learn all the, oh, here's how I do a Shoryuken and all that, right? They just have like a dumbed-down control version for like new people. Mm-hmm. Or people that just want to play that way. So it makes button mashing more of a real thing you could do. So can you do like button one-button Sonic Booms now? I haven't tried it yet, but that's my understanding, yeah. And like, so to make that work, like the normals and things, like you just get like one normal you don't get like the light medium heavy right right you're just going to get a normal punch and a normal kick because they have to use the other buttons for specials and things right so um oh no i'm gonna try it out but i guess obviously the idea is to get more people in the door and started if they go like you know these moves are a pain in the butt to learn how to do them and execute them uh, it does tell you, like, you can tell, like, oh, this person's playing with this control scheme or whatever. So, I don't know. It's interesting to be a part of this, and, and I'll give the feedback. Uh, they've only got, I think it's like six characters in the beta. So, Do you anyway, have a favorite so far out of the six? I know you're a big Jury fan. Yeah, I've Jury, I've been playing most. Because other than that, it's, it's the World Warrior. It's like Ryu, Ken, Chun-Li, and Guile. Um, no, Luke, essentially. Oh, and Luke. I gotta Luke. hate Luke. So yes, Luke is in there. I gotta hate Luke so much. In Street Fighter Five, he suck. Okay, he doesn't suck. The thing is, like, he's too good because they need to sell that season pass. <laughs> and like, this is our poster child for Street Fighter Six. So he's like too good. Yeah, that and... is that is some cover. Yeah. It is. <laughs> they should really consider changing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't like Luke as a character at all. I saw but, someone uh, suggest, they're like, why don't you just put a whole bunch of different covers out with different characters and people can buy the one they want. They can so, still have your Luke, just, have a Chung Lee cover, have a Blanca cover. They've got like, until June. 
Let, hopefully yeah. they'll figure it out. I mean, I don't... I think they want him to be, like, the next big character, like, the next... Right? It's like, do you remember, like, Street Fighter Five came out and Nikali was the character that was, <laughs> sure. like, this is our like new month, character yeah. of Street Fighter Five that's showcasing off the systems. And I get that you need to have that, but, like... I'll be so happy to never see Nikali again in my life. All right, so yeah, I, I really hope that's kind of the end of Luke. And, um, you know, like Nikali, just like Nikali is n- will never be spoken of again, maybe at some point in time, Luke will never be spoken of again. So, um, oh, that'll be a cool throwback character in Street Fighter like 8. Like, remember just... Nikali? Remember Luke? They're back. $20 for the season <laughs> pass, and everyone will go nuts. Maybe they did mention like I like the pricing and everything came out, and if you want like the pass and everything, it's not cheap. So yeah, I think I might just turn into a spectator on this one, which is fine, right? I get to save my money and yeah. So I didn't see the price. So and, the so the game is sixty dollars, I assume. And then yeah, and then and how much then is the pass? There's two different passes. Okay. So there's like the regular one that has like just the characters, and I think that's like. $90 or something okay. or 80 something and then there's like a hundred and something dollar one and it has which is essentially like the everything pass you know what I mean like we're just mm-hmm. going to give you costumes and whatever right all the gotcha. stuff so there's different tiers depending on how much stuff you want mm-hmm. out of it because like most of these games they sell the costumes independently and there's a way to earn points to do it in the game. Right. There's a bunch of that sort of stuff. But. Have they said how many characters will be uh, added within that first year? So my understanding is that the base game will have 16 characters, and then the the first season pass will be an additional like four, if I understand right. So by the end of the first season, there'll like 20 characters. Okay. Um, and I would imagine it'll be a short season since they're launching in June. Mm. So, you know, Capcom Cup is usually in February. So it'd probably be a short season if I had to guess. So four characters make sense because in the past, I think it's been like five or six characters per season. Okay. So kind of makes sense. And they're just trickling out the characters. I mean, the whole the whole character roster has been leaked online, mm. including all the DLC. So everybody knows who they are already. But I mean, they are still doing like the time you know, trailers and everything. We're actually showing gameplay. Mm-hmm. So just because you know, like, oh, okay, T-Hawk's daughter is going to be in the game. <laughs> That's all you know, right? And I'm not making that up. T-Hawk's daughter is in the game. But, is um, she she pretty hefty like he is? No, but she's still supposed to have, like, learned some of the moves. So you grab your face, spin you around, and slam it into the ground? I don't know if that's going to happen. Oh. But, like, the hawk, the like hawk dive move. and some of the hawk dives and some of that stuff, I think. But again, we don't know. We haven't seen much. Um, as far as new characters right now that's been announced, um, has just been. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. They just rolled out a few. There's Manon, who's like a French ballet dancer. There's JP, who looks like the new bad guy for this game. Is he the really fancy looking guy? Yes, like the, with the cane, and he talks kind yeah. of like there's brief little bits about psycho and inhi- inheriting psycho power. So, Ooh. if you know the storyline, Bison's been looking for a new body because his body, like the psycho power, is killing him or whatever, and that's it's always been his shtick, right? And so this is taking place after Street Fighter Three in the timeline, so he should be dead. 
So I'm guessing that JP is kind of that new embodiment or whatever. Because mm. a lot of his moves have that, you know, that purple of the psycho power. Right. And then um, Marisa, who's like an, uh, like an Italian, um, kind of like a boxer kind of character, like a, a fighter, very big bulky woman so um anyway. oh yeah. i did see some images of her going around yeah she's huge yeah yeah she's jacked but she's kind of a um she looks kind of like a wrestler but think more of like bare hands brawler kind right. of thing heavy hitter so like balrog kind of character yeah kind of a balrog with some throws and stuff mixed in so think of that kind of a reimagining of that kind of character because obviously like this one I would imagine, like, all those characters should be, I don't know. I don't know if they'll bring some of them back or not. But, um, yeah, anyway, we'll find out. A lot of the cast is new, as you can imagine. But, like, all the traditional world warriors from Street Fighter 2 are coming back. Because I think they've learned at this point in time they can't make a Street Fighter game unless they do that. Like, so they have, like, will the, revolt. the original eight are still there? Like, even, like, Honda and yes. Dalsim and, yeah? Yep. All cool. of them are there and locked in. Everybody like, nope, the eight world warriors are there and you're going to get them like right up front. We're not going to hold them from you. So, um, which is even funny. Like uh, they've shown a little bit of Blanca. He's like a, a tour guide of the Amazon now. And <laughs> he, he, he's almost got like a gorilla look in this one. So uh, anyway, I won't, I won't drone on more cause I'm probably going to bore everybody to tears. But that's what I've been up to in um, gaming besides um, with my kids. You know, my youngest has been into Yoshi's Woolly World again, has beaten the tar out of it. But now, like, oh, let's go back and get all the Yoshis unlocked and all the things. So I've been doing some co-op Yoshi's Woolly World. Um, as far as watching things, that's the, been the thing where it, there's not been as much time to do some of that. So I've just a couple things to mention real quick the um i've been watching some silent films because they're short and they're funny and so <laughs> like there's this collection of them on hbo and um there's these harold robbins i think is the name of the actor and it's just like like just a bunch of these like 15 minute long comedies and they're silent films but they're that kind of comedy you don't need like the audio is not the part you need so you can get enough of the story and then you just have a laugh and they're still pretty funny because I like that slapstick kind of comedy, that physical comedy and it's done really well. So yeah, I'm having a fun time uh, doing that. And um, I, I've, I'm not my, where I work, they've rent they've said in January, they're renting out a theater for workers for the new avatar movie. So, like, just come and watch the new Avatar movie if you want. We've got, like, the whole theater for, like, a couple days long. So I didn't know about it. My mom calls me. I was like, hey, this thing, do you want to watch that? And it's three hours long. Yeah. <laughs> I said, no. No, I think I'm good. But if you really want someone to go with you, I'll go. Um, I'm probably not going to pay attention because I'm not going to sit for three hours really well i'll probably go to the bathroom or something at some point but i'll go with you right if you want to go see the movie so i just, i don't know if we're gonna end up go seeing it i just i never saw the first one and i got god i can't believe they just keep making three-hour movies 
how is that a thing? Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I really, yeah, I was drone on forever because that's enough. And, but uh, yeah, nothing too terribly exciting. But uh, I do want to quick give a quick thanks to Bill. He's, uh, I got in the mail the, a little package from Bill. And it's got this awesome Final Fantasy VI shirt in it. With the on the front with the the logo and on the back it's like the big magitech armor with tara sitting on that and uh there there was another one in there bill so i don't know if uh you've already spilled the beans or oh yeah we, we talked yeah okay uh, good so uh I, I let him know it was coming his way and i, I said uh i said man like we we're trying to figure out like shipping because like i don't know if it's just the temporary holiday increase but like I was trying to fold this thing up into a bag, you know, like any which way to get it up to up to Canada there. And the shipping was out of control. And I said, do you have anyone down here who plans on sending you a package anytime soon? And he's like, well, he's like, Chris is eventually going to send me something, but like no imminent plans. I was like, well, I got to send him a shirt anyway, so I'll just send them both over there. So and I've had those uh, Game & Watch uh, 3D printed covers forever. I hope they fit. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to like file a little bit like I was trying to they won't there don't sit completely flush mm. but i mean that's 3d prints right. so i'll give them a little bit of a file but other than that no they'll totally hold the batteries in just fine so awesome. yeah i test them out when you got them i really appreciate it awesome Absolutely. um and actually uh, so uh shaggy one of our patrons uh, and buddy from uh, rf gen he picked up um uh what was it um what was the handheld um uh he posted it in the discord and he's like oh it's oh, missing Turbo Express? Turbo Express, yeah. I was thinking Wonderspawn. It wasn't a Wonderspawn. It was a Turbo Express. Um, and uh, he's like, oh, it's missing the battery cover, but what are you going to do? And I was like, I will print one for you. So I, <laughs> I checked, and, uh, and I found one. And the first one I printed, like, the person who posted it, they, like, they added their name, like, into the battery cover, which I'm like, <laughs> it's not a big deal because it's on the inside of the battery cover, so it's, like, not like you'd see it. Still, though. But once you print it out... Like when you're looking at the outside, you can like faintly see the outline of the writing just because like Turbo the Greg, yeah, whatever the guy's <laughs> name is. So I'm like, oh, like that's no good. So I'm actually gonna print it again. I, I, uh, uh, I, I gotta do some super basic 3D modeling where you can just take a, a surface in usually 3D modeling and just make it parallel with another. So I just gotta do that on like all those words. So. I will get that uh, that cover printed out and get it sent over to Shaggy. I already got his address, but uh, always happy to print battery covers out for video game things. <laughs> I hope he gets that thing recapped if it's not already, because what I hear, those things are like ticking time bombs. Yeah, every everything um, with capacitors, right? Definitely. So um, let's move on and let's talk about topic. And, uh, you know, if we're getting to the holidays... You know, nothing that's too crazy. But one thing that's been sticking in my head, because I go through and I look on the shelves and you see things, and I wanted to talk, you know, a little bit about our handhelds, our dedicated handhelds dead. Mm. Are they a thing of the past? And is that a good thing or a bad thing? And what our thoughts are? Um, Because kind of going through this, you know, up until fairly recently, I mean, we had the 3DS and we had the Vita, I mean, to a degree, here. Uh, it was more popular in other places. But handheld was a separate space, right? right? And had its own thing, and rarely were the two to cross paths. Right. 
and obviously that has changed. We all understand that. Um, but I wanted to start just with that real simple pro- uh, premise. Do you, and I, I'll, I'll start with each of you. We'll just go round robin. I'll do, we'll do Kelsey, Bill, and then back. Um, I'd like to know what your thoughts are. Do you think dedicated handheld gaming going forward is just a dead thing? Um, or or what, your, what are your thoughts? So, so Kelsey, I'll start with you. Uh, from like Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, yeah, like mobile has taken that space over in such a huge way that they put their handheld stuff there now um, and adapted to that platform. I don't think they'll ever go back. Uh, you might get like the odd little niche thing, like if they do kind of like the mini consoles if they do like here's a game boy with you know 20 games built into it or something like maybe we'll get something like that but it won't be like here's what our cool new you know fire emblem team's working on a handheld fire emblem game like i don't think i'm gonna see that anymore what do you think is that good bad otherwise do you think that should be something that's in the space or because i think like a lot of times to me at least that that 2ds 3ds niche was in some cases like young kids right that you wouldn't like i'm just gonna give you a phone and you can run up a bill on the apple store you know what i mean it was it was a very well contained thing not to say that there was also a lot of good adult titles on there too not you know what i mean by adult but for (laughs) grown-ups um most of my gaming in the last couple years has been handheld it's so convenient to take with me still uh, with where I have chances to play, especially the little flip screens to keep the screen safe was, was awesome with the 3DS. Uh, the XL especially, the screens were big enough that it was it was great. I The thing that I will miss the most about it is I hate the pricing scheme and the play style that comes with mobile. That Everything's like time-based or subscription-based or nickel and diming you. I I want a handheld game where I can just play the handheld game and I don't have to stop every hour because I have to wait for something to reload or I have to pay an extra dollar if I want to have more fun. Like I just want I just want the game. And yeah, that like the switch scratches that to a degree. Um, but the games are built with console in mind too. So they are a little bit different and sometimes like bigger in scope than a handheld one would be and Sometimes that can be great, and sometimes that can be just too much. Uh, so yeah, I, I do miss it, but like we've got these big collections, so I've got lots of stuff to go through the backlog, and I can find games that I've overlooked over the years that I might enjoy, and, and trying to dig into that to, to hopefully um, still have that kind of enjoyment. So what about you, Bill? What do you think? Is it gone forever, and is that a good or bad thing? Uh, yep, it's gone forever, um, and um, I, I don't. It's hard to say, you know, like good or bad. Like there, are, it's bittersweet because there are pieces of it that I certainly miss. Um, and I was gonna say the same thing that Kelsey uh, said about um, it, you used to have like that handheld space, and then there was a line drawn between like here's a handheld experience, you know, whether even if it was made by Sony or Nintendo or whatever, and then there's the console experience, and now that line is drawn on like. Oh, what's this? What's this team working on? Oh, they're working on a mobile game. It's like if you don't play mobile games, like your brain immediately shuts off at that. Like, uh, um, like what's you know, like Sakaguchi doing? 
Uh, you know, like you look them up and you're like, oh <laughs> That's man. That's so sad. Yeah. How dare like, you bring that up? <laughs> you're like, oh, like what's uh, what's Sakaguchi up to? Let me see what's going on. It's like, oh, I have good news and bad news. The good news is he's making games. Awesome. <laughs> the bad news is they're mobile. Ooh. I, and then you, your brain turns off. So um, there's, uh, I mean, obviously we have, um, you have the Switch, right? Which is like the natural evolution of what Nintendo's been working towards, like, you know, with with the Game Boy, with the DS, we, even with, the, you could argue with the Wii U, which is, you know, like, like two screen gaming. Um, and then you have- I did play a Wii U on an airplane once with the gamepad, like, yeah. like it was a mobile game. I just plugged it into the thing beside me. That's great. It's great. Yeah. So, so it's a natural evolution of that, but like, I remember, you know, being really interested in, you know, like, Oh, like, why don't they make another 2d Castlevania? Why don't they make another 2d Metroid? And they wouldn't do that on the console side. Cause it's like, well, you know, like on the console side of the games, you know, we make these, you know, bigger, you know, $50, $60 games or, or whatever, you know, at the, at the time. So when the, when the DS came out and then eventually, um, you know, evolved into 3DS and, and all the other stuff. But even just like the Nintendo DS and now I have a platform where I can have a new 2D Castlevania game come out and then another one and then another one and then another one and then a 2D Metroid and then another 2D Metroid. You had this ecosystem that was designed for like that that type of game that maybe you wanted that you couldn't have anymore. So I was very happy to have it then. Um, and then now you have the switch and like, so you have, uh, uh, like you said, it's not dedicated mobile, like you can dock it. So it's kind of a hybrid device. You still have those experiences where you can play, you know, um, whatever game Nintendo's putting out. And even though they do have that marketplace where you can release a 10, 15, $20, you know, simpler, uh, uh, you know, type game, you don't see the same type of things released in that ecosystem that you would for like that dedicated smaller uh, handheld mobile gaming device. So um, I, I do think it's over. I don't think there's any reason for them to, you know, invest in new hardware when they have, you know, all the companies have kind of the market share they want to have. Um, but yeah, mobile, because now you're not competing with just you know the nintendo switch or the steam deck or whatever other like you know generic third party random you know portable gaming pc that someone puts out you're also competing with all those dollars that the mobile gaming industry is going after if you decide you're going to get into that smaller you know handheld uh, dedicated gaming market so yeah i don't, I don't think you're going to see another you know small dedicated piece of hardware i think if sony's going to do something that's not the playstation it's going to be vr I think if Microsoft's going to do something that's not an Xbox, it's going to be cloud gaming or like a device like Xbox, like built into televisions. Um, I think they're that's more already uh, happening. They're, Samsung. Yeah, they're more on just released one. Yeah. They're more into the services um, than than anything else. And then uh, if Nintendo's going to do something that's not a switch. I don't think it's going to be like. Hey, we've decided. I think it'll be what what Kelsey said. It'll be like, hey, uh, you know, retro, you know, like uh, sixty four or you know, Game Boy, you know, with preloaded stuff on it like that. Yeah, I I think it's difficult. I I don't know if it's impossible to do one now, but yeah, you obviously have different competition. But I I see what you were saying, Kelsey. Like 
like my wife was on the phone right playing some game the other day and she kept like constantly like, oh my god and i just kept being like what what's going on and she's like this stupid thing comes up with these ad things or whatever and i have to like click through all these things before i can get back to it again i'm like oh so can you just like buy it and so you can just play it and it's like well i have like a subscription that you can play it like for a certain amount of time but then you have to like pay again i'm like you just can't like i want to pay twenty dollars and be done no there's no option for that Mm. and it just baffles me right i mean i I guess i'm old but i'm like to me that's why i just i won't do it and i I just won't and i think where that comes from is because at some point it's not going to be supported like it won't work on the version of iOS or like whatever. So like they want to avoid the situation yeah, at some point of, of, of someone being like, I can't play your game anymore. Give me my money back. And they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, like we only said that you'd be able to. So like if, if it's time based, then they only have to support it for that amount of time rather than if they say, OK, buy once you have it forever. Now you could have people coming back to you at some point saying, hey, it's it's I can't play your game and it's not forever yet. I don't think that's a thing. That would be just like saying, well, I'll never buy a, a Blu-ray disc because someday they may not make Blu-ray players anymore that, and I'm going to go ask for my money back. That, that's I way mean, different, though. I mean, like, there, there's... it's it's. Do you ever, like, do you want to call Microsoft and be like, my my copy of Word 95 won't work on my computer anymore. Give sure me my will. money back. Sure it will. Like, yeah, but, yeah, but they said, like, it's going to work on, like, your, like, Windows PC or whatever. Like, the way that the phone... Sure, and that's all the, they got to say, The way right? the phone ecosystem changes, like... There are iPads out there that can't play stuff that, like, they're too old. Like, they can't sure. be updated to the version of iOS. But that's that it. You just have to go. To. Yeah, you just have to say this game is supports iOS 16 right. or whatever. And that's it. So if you buy it, we didn't say it's going to support iOS 17. Yeah. I just don't think it's a game they want to get into, like, the, the forever thing. I think they want to have you pay for a little bit. Plus, and I, I think this oh, I think that's just more that. profitable, too. Yeah, that's what I, I won't argue with you there. I don't think it's because they don't want to fool with someone. They want to go, okay, we just want to string you along. Everything has to be a subscription these mm-hmm. days, right? And we won't let you just buy anything. You can't own anything. Yeah, it drives me, uh, absolutely, it drives me absolutely crazy. The things that my wife's got a cricket and it costs $10 a month to use their software. Like the, the, really, the, they do that with those now too. The Cricut oh, Design goodness. Space it costs ten dollars, so you don't have to. It's not like a con. You can cancel at any time, but like if you then when you want to print something out, you have to like activate your Cricut Design Space That's subscription. So stupid. So it costs one hundred and twenty dollars a year just to be able to use the Cricut. Just to do some scrapbooking. Yep. Yeah, that's nuts. Plus the freaking machines are like what three five hundred bucks. They, yeah, on they're, what, they're, well, it's just like uh, I got this going to turn to the old man rant, but I mean, <laughs> I was like heard about like Dymo label printers. They've got some kind of like a uh, reader in there now that if you don't buy their paper, like it won't print. <laughs> go, what a racket, right? Yeah. Like oh my god, what a racket. But um, and the, the cars, right? Like they're uh, yeah. like automobiles, like licensing features. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've started hearing like he, BMW and some of those. But like too, not like data right? features. We'll, un- we'll unlock this yeah, but, feature. But it, like like Metroid style. Like when like they pull like Samus's abilities away. And they're like okay. Yeah. Like, now yeah. we'll But it's not like the features you'd expect. It's not like oh you know the GPS, which is you know like a like a database service. It's like heated seats. Yeah. <laughs> like you already have the seats. Yeah. They're in the car. Yeah. You just can't turn them on unless you pay us. Yeah. Right. Isn't that insane? I, I don't understand how people just don't hack those and go like whatever i'll just put my own switch in here and yeah. yeah run them manually but i anyway i i guess we're off on because you probably void but... the warranty and then when something else happens like not sorry that's not covered anymore oh no my heated seats that didn't weren't under Ooh. warranty because i didn't pay for them before no, not i mean warranty. like hey the engine failed but your warranty's void because you <laughs> hacked it to do the heated seats. <laughs> uh, are we all waiting for the day when we have like an end user license agreement before we turn start the car every day? I I'm mean, at the point where I just would love better public transit so I don't have to own a vehicle at all. Yeah. They're, they're getting to be so frustrating. Yeah, I can understand that for sure. Um, but I, I, I think there's possibly room i won't say that that's a niche that doesn't exist anymore but i think it's gonna have to be low end right it's gonna have to be lower end it's gonna have to be something cheap and simple mm-hmm. how how would they sell the software because it, it probably have to be all digital now right you oh, can't all digital, get people course. to go yeah. buy cartridges anymore no, it'd have to be all digital. So once you but, open I mean, that up, though, then it's all—it's just mobile. They'll—they'll want to nickel and dime you and yeah. DLC this well, and subscription based. Well, well that. because it would have to be. So you're not going to want to create your own new marketplace. Like you're going to want to get into one that exists because there that infrastructure exists. So the only ones that exist are Apple, Android, Microsoft. Like you know. So if it's going to be all digital who out there could say okay we're coming out with a thing and here's a new digital marketplace that you have to you know like get your currency into like i mean nintendo yeah, i would would try that that wouldn't surprise yeah. me <laughs> I, I think we're having a very western civilization slanted conversation here i mean there's a lot of markets in other places in the world that don't have these accesses and some of the stuff which wouldn't fly legally there so i mean i think there's room for some of this stuff i mean you think like china right where some things are so locked down having a device that's very simple and just plays games and isn't connected to a million crazy things i could see something like that working in a place like that they have uh time restrictions on youth playing games in that country though so it'd have to be online connected so they wouldn't be able to play games after certain hours of the day it'd be, it'd be weird there something you could make something cheap it just had that built in right i mean okay it shuts off after this time or whatever i don't like, know like i i mean if nintendo put out like a, a new handheld and they were like you know yeah th- i'm not 30 bu- 30 bucks a month though and like you can play all the old game boy gba classics kind of thing um and they added new stuff to it like every month like they do with the nintendo switch online kind of thing um there'd be a little market for that i think yeah i mean i i think there's something i don't know if you can do anything as big as it has been in the past i mean there's like that whatever like the little play date the play or whatever, date yeah. like that 
Yeah, you know. So, I mean, things like that can exist. Uh, but, yeah, they won't have the market penetration, I, I, I would guess. But, you know, weird weird fads have happened before. I mean, like Tamagotchi, whatever, like in the 90s, right? And weird yeah. things just happen sometimes. Um, but anyway, I think getting back to what you're talking about, though, Bill, where it was like this experimental space that could be done for a lower cost of entry, which I think now is what the indie space kind of is. Um, but the big companies now seem to be like, well, they used to use that, I think, as those channels. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, well, we'll just license our stuff out and let somebody else do right. it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe some of those days are gone. We'll, we'll kind of see how it goes. Um, so, Bill, I'm curious, with the Steam Deck, obviously it can be hooked up to screens. Mm-hmm. But do you consider that a dedicated handheld, or do you think of it more as a hybrid Switch-like device? So I I tend to think of it more as a dedicated handheld because that's how I use it. I do have a dock um, that I have it. Uh, I, I 3D printed a stand just so it stands like up, kind of facing out. And I do have a dock that hooks up to a monitor. I only ever put it on there when I switch it to desktop mode because it's just easier to use a keyboard and mouse if I'm going to be like either using apps or you know, like you know doing some updates or something like that. Um, I have plans to get the dock which uh, Valve has released. It's on their on their store now, and hook that up to the TV because you can just have it docked and then you know hook like a, an Xbox controller up to it and play it like the way, same way you would a gaming system. So. While it does work the same way as a Switch in that way, where it's, you know, handheld mode as well as dock mode, I still just tend to think of it as a dedicated handheld because I don't really have the capability to to kind of dock it to, to the TV as of yet. Um, and just, you know, the way I, I, I see my TV is like I have my Xbox and my PlayStation on my main TV and the, the Switch docks are there as well. And then down in the basement... Um, like the PC is the PC. So it's like, I, I kind of feel like those spaces are kind of occupied with their own gaming things already. And then if I'm going to game on the steam deck, it's going to be in a couch, you know, in the car, like waiting to, you know, uh, if I'm like, sometimes I'll be like in a parking lot, like waiting, you know, like I get, I get to a place to pick up the kids early and like, I just got to wait for 15 minutes. It's like, that's where the dedicated handheld mobile gaming happens. Yeah, because that's my thought is like it's kind of as close as we have to that thing now. Mm-hmm. And it's probably the thing that can be the big bully in the room that keeps anybody else from trying to do much else. I mean, Nintendo has its thing. But really, to me, the way I think of it is this Steam Deck is really, it's like a, it's a lot like the Switch, right? I mean, yeah. it has its own OS. Yeah, you can put other things on it, but it has its own OS. It has its own storefront. Yeah, you could probably sideload a bunch of stuff on there. They're not going to stop you from doing those yeah. things, but will most people do that? I mean, you could crack your Switch, right? So, and that's the thing. It's like because the operating system is just completely open, Like, there's like it's not even like Valve saying, oh, if you want to format it and put something else on it, you can. Like it's, it's just, it's a feature of the system. It's part of it. So, you know, you boot it up. It, but most people are never going to do that, right? Uh, 
you'd be, I think you'd be surprised that <laughs> what people like. So I, I think the majority of early Steam Deck owners. So right now we're still in like kind of the early, not early adopters, but like this, these are kind of, it's sure. not, it's yeah, not a ubiquitous thing. Too. So um, it's, uh, I think that the vast majority of people that have a Steam Deck now have booted it into desktop mode, have installed EmuDeck, have put Decky on it, have put some plugins on it. Um, it, and then, and again, this is just from my experience going to the Steam Deck subreddit and just having all these articles like, all right, you got your Steam Deck, great. Here's like the first like dozen things you should do. And then, or you look on, cause like when you get a new thing, even if you don't go to the Reddit, you go on YouTube and you're like, okay, like I just, like just got a Steam Deck. All right. Like here's, here's the tour and here's blah, blah, blah. Here's some of the stuff I wish I knew. Um, I, I do, I do not know a ton of people personally that also have one. So the only experience I have is like, you know, looking at YouTube or looking at the, uh, you know, at the Steam Deck subreddit. But every everything I've done on it, like it's not like when I've hacked it, like, you know, soft modded a Wii or like tried to get into a switch to get like your decryption codes out where it like feels illegal and it feels like you're breaking something and it feels like you could brick something any minute. Like all you do on the Steam Deck to get it into desktop mode is you just say, hey, switch to desktop. And now you're in a Linux desktop and you open up a web browser and you can, you know, like get your ROMs on there or. Um, but it's still Linux. And it's, yes, it's a this flavor early Linux, adopter yeah. crowd. Linux is fine. Mm-hmm. Right. But if they want to hit mass market appeal, it can't be like that. Right. Most people are going to turn it on, go to the store and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. And launch their things, right? You're not going to hit mass market appeal until the price comes down on it, though. It's pretty expensive for for that kind of market right now. It's like mm-hmm. as much as an Xbox or a PlayStation. Yeah, four hundred bucks. Yeah, so that's my that's mass market. Oh no, that's not Xbox and PlayStation aren't mass market price yet either. Well, not until you get three hundred or less, you don't get mass market if you if you haven't noticed they've sold as many xboxes and playstations as they can produce yeah <laughs> that that's still not mass market though that and you know how many playstation 4s they sold oh yeah like because they got to 300 or less after a few years that's i think probably plenty of them sold at the higher price they, Do you remember the playstation 3 came Pl- out at 700 dollars even if you're talking about 50 million, that's not the mass market. Like once you get past that point, then you're at the mass market. I agree with you at some point in time. Yeah, they'll want a model that is $200, right? I, I get that. And eventually I'm sure that'll come. Mm-hmm. But I think they're playing the game, I would imagine, where they want to be like a Switch, right? Where you buy the thing, you unwrap it, and most... Joe Blow is never going to, oh, let me go in here and do all this stuff. They're just going to go, oh, I want to play the new Tomb Raider. Boop. Right. The power okay. u- the power user is going to do the things power users do, and everyone else is going to go to the storefront and buy the thing. And, and, and they're doing this not to make, you know, tons of money on hardware. They own the storefront, so of they, so they right. make yeah. the, the money from the store. So I don't, I don't think they're trying to, you know compete with switch be the new switch they're not trying to sell 20 million units like i think they're okay just selling more things on steam than they had previously well i think that's it though right they've just they have adopted the console 
mindset. It's before they're like, well, we're just a software house, right? Mm-hmm. You buy your own hardware or whatever. But they've learned the same thing that Apple learned a long time ago. How do we right? how control do we, the hardware? Yeah, how do we sell more hardware? Or sorry, how do we sell more software? Like, this is this is how you do it. Entice people exactly. to buy more hardware. They will buy the software. Keep them in, the, it. keep them in the cycle, right? And there, there's all now these. Now you need the, the new There's one all these and... posts I see on the subreddit where it's like, oh, I've, I've like since I got my Steam Deck, I've bought like so many more games on Steam than I have in the past few years, and it's like, yep, sure. that's that's the reason. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's it. They've adopted a console yeah. and, maker mindset. And, and even for me, like right now, so I mentioned before that I have been uh, waiting for a good price on Final Fantasy VII Remake, which for some reason, like, just refuses to come down. Um, so it's uh, right now it's on sale on the Epic Games Store on PC and Steam for the same price for $40. Um, Epic has a deal right now where um, they also have a 25% off coupon that applies automatically to everything in your cart, like an unlimited number of times between like now and like the end of their sale. So that means that it would actually be $29, like an extra 25% off on Epic. And even though I can get this game on Epic and backdoor it in, you know, like go to like this, this third-party thing called Heroic Game Launcher, have it log in through Epic, download the game install it manually get it to run in my brain i'm like for the convenience pay the extra 10 bucks (laughs) for the convenience of just having it in my steam library downloading updating automatically steam cloud save like are those features worth like you know like the extra because like you know six months from now if my cloud save is gone Am I going to care, you know, about that extra $10? No. And, like, usually I'm such a cheap person uh, when it comes to games. It's like, just give me the lowest price I can. So it's really weird for me to be like, no, like, I'll pay 10 extra dollars for the Steam version. But that's, like, where the Steam Deck has me in in my head right now is, like, I'll pay extra just to have, like, that, like, uh, 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 what's the word, Um, native, you know, like the Steam Deck native version, even though the zeros and ones are probably the same yeah i i don't i mean that's kind of the way i'm i'm gonna guess i'm probably in the same boat kelsey would be in and i look at some of that with horror because as soon as physical media is gone on consoles i mean i like the idea that i someone else can control the price besides the the company that makes it right mm-hmm. like if if joe bob on ebay is done with his copy and he only wants ten dollars for it i only got to give joe bob ten dollars yep, that's the price <laughs> square enix square enix doesn't get to decide how much i get to pay joe bob for that copy right because uh, i'm thinking like okay you're fishing around for this you could probably just hop on ebay and find a ps5 version cheaper with lickety split you'd be done yep right so yeah anyway yeah, and that and that was the other the, the other the other nightmare with this game too is like, there's the PS4 version which can be upgraded to the PS5 version, but then like only some of them. So like it was, yeah, not the PS Plus version. I think can't be upgraded. So that they don't have that anyway. So that was the thing for a little while, and then some. It was so confusing, and people complained about it that I think they actually reversed that, and they were like, okay, no, like now anyone who has it can do the PS5 upgrade. Oh, okay. And but then there's the integrated version and. 
yeah, it's just it really is a nightmare. And I, I love that Sony PC publishing has been doing more stuff. Like Last of Us is coming out on PC, which is awesome. God of War is out on PC. Spider Man's out on PC, and like we don't talk about that a lot because it's like their games we've already played. But like the fact that Sony is like, hey, here's an untapped market that we can you know tap. Like let's do it, and they're doing it. But at the same time, like the pricing we're already seeing, like God of War one. You know, I'm sorry, it's not a $59 game anymore. Like, the new one is out. Like, and that, there's. You got it for 10 bucks like two years ago. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, like, how is it? Like, but if you want to play it on computer, it's going to be 60 bucks, yep. right? Yep. Well it's, well, it's half off right now. You can get it for $29.99. <laughs> what a deal I they're know, giving you. Right? But yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the only piece of the digital only marketplace that I've never liked is, uh, is the price control. And in it's a pl- the only piece. Uh, yeah. yeah. I also yeah. don't like the part where they can just go. We've decided you can't play this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it hasn't happened to me, so that's why it hasn't been an issue. Delisting is a thing. I know. I'm just saying, there's never been a game that I've owned in my life that I have not been able to play. And I know you hear these stories like, "Oh, they're pulling this game," and it's like, "Well, like I have it and." I could play it, so I'm, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, it's just... Um, anyway, we've gotten, kind of gotten <laughs> off topic, but I mean, I think it's still related because we're talking about like Steam Deck. I think a lot of people would think about that as like a handheld as far as that goes. Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of a weird little... Not outlier, but it's a weird one because, like we said before, it is... It's put out there by a company that owns a digital storefront... But it's open. They let you install absolutely anything you want on it, even alongside their software. They let you format it and put a different OS on it if you want to, which I don't really recommend doing. Uh, there's tons of side software for it. Um, and if you just want to, since it's Linux, if you just want to download Linux games, whether it's free or purchase them someplace else and just like load an executable, put a shortcut in your Steam you can do that too. So it's it's not like on the Nintendo side of things where it's like, hey, Nintendo, can I just download other versions of your games and load them on myself? And they're like, no, you can't do that. Of course you can't do that. So it's it's a weird little kind of side outlier guy. But there's but there's a good reason for that because Nintendo DRM is hardware-based and Steam DRM is software-based. So even if you pirated a copy of a game it has to phone home and it wouldn't do anything anyway right so that's why they don't have to care you're talking about roms like a, no, i'm a, talking a, about let's like like we were talking about god of like a final fantasy that you're waiting for on sale right mm-hmm. well you know if that's on a console well, you break the console. Now you can play a pirated version because the the checks to see if it's authorized happen internally to the system. That's mm-hmm. hardware based encryption. Steam, and for what for what I understand, is it's got to go phone home. It's got to have an internet connection. To go, hey, can I play this game? And it goes like, yes, you can play that game. And so even if you somehow got a version of the game without paying for it it's going to phone home and go, nah, you can't play that game. Right. Am I wrong with that? So 
uh, like switches, like when my kids go to play the switch, if it's a digital game, it's like, hold on, checking to see if this game can be played. Uh, Steam has never done that. And not like none of my Steam PCs have ever done that. It's the most infuriating thing when it says, wait, checking to see if this game can be played. Oh, like you don't have an internet connection. Like, I don't know if this game can be played. You can't play it. So Steam doesn't really work that way. Like when you, when you load up Steam and it's like, okay, like your account is Bill. We know you, that you're, that these are all the games that you have. Once it's done that check and the game's on there, it doesn't care where you are after that. It's like you've downloaded the, like the games there. It's doing its thing. You might lose access to some functionality. Like it might be like, hey, we can't verify your cloud save right now because you don't have network connectivity. Do you want to play anyway? Yeah, I'd like to play anyway. Or, you know, something, you know, a, a box might be red when you get in there, like, you know, like multiplayer or something like that. But uh, the other thing that happens when you lose network connectivity is if it sees other uh, Steam machines on the same network, it'll activate features like remote play. So let's say I have my Steam Deck that I do not have a game installed on. Um, and I turn my Steam Deck on, it's on the same network as my home PC. It'll see my home PC, it'll like know what games are on it, and if I go to load up Destiny 2, it'll, it'll give me an option for remote play. It'll play the game on the PC, and it'll stream the content to me. So like you'll lose that content without the network, but this no Steam installation or, or you know, unit I've ever played has ever said no sorry you can't do something you're not on the internet he, he was talking about a pirated version though like if you pirated the final fantasy 7 mm -hmm. um could you play it on the steam deck without yes. steam trying to authorize the game absolutely because if i did that it, it, it'd be one of a few different ways like i probably wouldn't be playing the you know quote-unquote windows version of it um but even but even if i like you'd probably be looking for like a cracked linux version or something that could run on Linux. So all you would do is like, you'd have a piece of software that would be running without software checks and there's an executable for it. So if I wanted to launch it from Steam, I would go to Steam and I would say, add a, you know, add a non-Steam game. And I would say, what's the executable? And I'd say, it's this right here. They'd say, what do you want to call this? I want to call this Final Fantasy 17. And then from Steam, I would just say launch Final Fantasy 17, and it would run that executable, and it would run. And Steam has no idea that it's supposed to be, you know, running a check on something because it's just running a piece of software that I pointed it to. Right. Yeah, but the the DRM is baked into the purchasing and whatnot, right? So I'm, of of, yeah, of I mean, a legit of a legit piece of software, absolutely. Yes. So, whereas, like a switch or something. It has no idea whose account it belongs to. It just goes, I need to authorize against this encryption key on the system. Exactly. And on the and on the, the, the Nintendo side, or at least to me, it seems that that process is ongoing. Like it's always happening, right? Like on on like on Steam like like once you like it doesn't just check once and then it's done. Like it it wants to check like every single time you want to load up like yeah, that digital. I think game. that's Nintendo's but incredibly horrible but on but on, <laughs> but on but on steam like once you unlock that game like once you give steam the code for that it's like oh he's got it he owns it and then it's over oh, of like, course it's it doesn't yeah. care anymore right but it doesn't have to worry about the same things right because mm -hmm. you can't go hey chris i'm gonna let you play my copy of destiny 2 right 
on your Steam Deck. That's not a thing that can happen. Right. But I could give you my Switch cartridge and go, hey, here, play Splatoon, Bill, have fun. Mm -hmm. So that's why they have to do it differently. So I understand why Nintendo says, no, you can't just put any OS on our system. And Steam oh, no, goes, yeah, I get it. Give a crap. Yeah, I get I'm, No, I, I understand why they don't do it. It's that's that's why I'm saying like Steam is just so different in that sense. Like no other uh, like hardware maker is like, yeah, do whatever you want with it. Like a, a, with the exception of that class action lawsuit that Sony paid for telling people they could put Linux on PS3s and then it just didn't happen. <laughs> I got my check, man. I can't remember. I got was that it check. like 17 cents, $3, $7. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, I think it was like, it was next to nothing. It was but, a few bucks. Man, yeah. I cashed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After it was like six or seven years yep. later. Got me a bag hey, of chips. I got, I, I got a, a buck 30 from my Microsoft lawsuit from the early two thousands. I cashed that baby. <laughs> What was that from? From the uh... Uh, from when I bought like a Dell computer in like two thousand and one. Uh, something about price fixing on the operating system that came with oh, it. Okay. Probably, yeah, probably. Well, obviously, it was legit. Um, so now that we're moving into this world where mobile is what mobile is, and I mean, I know there's different ideas. Like I know there's Apple Arcade, which is kind of a all you can eat out of this bundle and there's no of those like clickbaity pay extra things but it's like a curated collection of those things um i don't know what what do you guys think that now it's it's different and there's no dedicated space like that is that good or bad or does it really not matter anymore it's bad to me. I kind of echo what Kelsey said earlier, where like I wish there was just a way to buy the game and have the game. Um, and I think we've all said that. But the the example that I always give people is I really love Plants vs Zombies One. Um, I've played it on multiple platforms, uh, handheld or sorry, um, you know, touchscreen, uh, like iPod, iPhone, um, Xbox 360, like back when it was like a, a live arcade game. Um, I was super excited for Plants vs Zombies Two. And it came out, and it's the type of game that, uh, like, you you lose a life, and it's it's impossible without like the extra like stuff, like you know, like you can oh you can purchase these like seven extra nukes, and you can like nuke your way through this level, or like you like lose a few lives, and it's like all right, you can try again in seven hours, you know. So like now it's like I want to play your game, but you don't want you don't want me to do you know, like like Kelsey was saying like oh you have to wait for something to reset or you have to pay a few bucks to be strong enough to get through. And there's no way to like earn that extra stuff. And like, it drives my mom crazy too. She loves angry birds and she likes the original angry birds where you just got your birds and you fling them and that's it. And she's like, it drives me crazy. It gets like, I, I, they want you to buy these like power ups to get through the level. I don't want to buy the power ups. So like, I just do it without the power ups, but like, it's so hard. I'm like, yeah, it's, it, it drives me nuts. Like I wish you could just, buy the game and be done with it and it just doesn't seem like there's room for for that anymore and so that that piece kind of bugs me because they're i don't know what games i'm missing out on because i refuse to push forward in that method but it's just like like chris has said before about you know that game's not for me anymore you know or like you know final fantasy might not be for me anymore i love the old ones but it might not be for me uh street fighter 6 love love the way it looks i'll probably watch it it might not be for me anymore so like that's kind of how i look at like the mobile gaming 
there's games that of for properties that I've loved that I've tried, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, what's that game, Kelsey? That you said your friend has like a billion hours in. That's all Final Fantasy, and it's all uh, Final Fantasy Record Keeper. Record Keeper. It it shut down oh. in September. I didn't and know he's that. like, I've never felt so free. Like, I've spent like, <laughs> like eight years of my life on this game, like every day. He's like, I am so happy it's but, over. But it's like, it's like little bits of nostalgia. There's like little like, you know, uh, music bits and there's little like, you know, like art bits and there's, there's bosses and there's like your, I tried it for a little bit. And after a little while I was like, you know, like it's just, it's just not for me. And, uh, I got addicted to a Simpsons game called Tapped Out, which is like a little town builder game, like resource collector, build your town, you know, type thing. And then they have special events where it's like, oh, make sure you come back, uh, you know, like October 21st to, uh, uh, you know, November 1st for like Halloween. Oh, is it um, the Halloween special event? And then you went there and it's like, all right, come back every six hours. And I was like setting alarms to like wake up wow. six my, hours My friend later. with Record Keeper did that. For eight years, yeah. had alarm set. Like he'd wake up at two in the morning every day <laughs> to do some like little ten minute thing, and then go back to bed. So I did this for a little bit, and after a while, I was like, I don't like person that is playing this game. So I turned it off, and I've forced myself to stop playing it. And I'm like, all right, that's just not for me anymore. So yeah, that that's kind of how I look at it. Like it it is sad that it's not, you know, the good old days the way I remember it. Like what am I missing out on? But it's uh, it's you know, it's not for me anymore. It's kind of how I see it. What do you think, Kills? Yeah, Bill, I like agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, that type of monetization has ruined even some console games for me. Like I used to buy new fighting games when they came out, but now it's like, well, I have to buy new fighting game plus the ninety dollars season pass if I want to have all the characters, and I'm not gonna do that. Like I just want to want to have everything up front i don't want to have to buy costumes like i want to either earn them or just have them um so i've like i've been priced out of fighting games for the last several years which is really sad to me because it's one of my favorite genres growing up and i just don't feel and, and the balance patch thing too drives me nuts too i just it's fine if someone's a little overpowered just let me figure it out <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it um so yeah i miss i miss just being able to buy a game and play a game and not have all these little strings that are like reaching into my pockets looking for money at every corner um it's infuriating um but like bill just mentioned mobile i've been playing marvel snap recently uh because it scratches my my box ticks my boxes it's card game superheroes i'm like oh god i gotta play this stupid thing and it's like every six hours a thing happens, or every eight hours a thing happens. So it's like, oh, I gotta check in now, and 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 I hate how addictive it is, and how I I like Bill said, I don't like the person I am while I'm playing it sometimes, but I'm still doing it. Okay, well, I didn't know that, so good I don't talk about it because I am embarrassed about it. So <laughs> now you know. And I and I've never been embarrassed about gaming, other than two times in both mobile examples. Yeah, no, I mean I I, I hear what your guys are putting down. I've never really gotten into that because the idea the idea in my head doesn't sound appealing in the slightest. So I'm it's like, not it's not appealing. I'm just never gonna do it. I'm just not gonna install anything like that on my phone because mm. 
I already spent enough time on that stupid thing. I don't really want to spend any more time on it. So yeah, you know, you know what um, you know what got me to spend less time on the phone is turning on that feature where it gives you like your screen time report like regularly like it used to be once a week that's not enough like show me my screen report daily and i can <clears throat> i make it it doesn't just say like your screen report's ready it like plasters it like on the like the lock screen so i can and it shows like how many hours like you are on and like i take it with a grain of salt because i use it for work so like i can be like well you know i was at work yesterday blah 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 but like sometimes i look at it and i'm like i gotta put this thing down for like two days so like that's actually helped put it down more is just seeing it's it's a lot like um if you're trying to be conscious about what you're putting in your body write down everything you put in your body and like it'll you'll see what's happening like very quickly Mm -hmm. yeah i have to believe at some point in time there will be a backlash to this right somebody i mean it will seem probably novel at that time but at some point in time somebody's gonna wait a minute <laughs> i'm gonna sell a thing and you're gonna pay one price and that's all there is and people are gonna go what yeah. one price yeah one price um i think i have to think that's going to i mean right now we've got like nintendo and some of like they feel that that niche no but nintendo that needs to exist like bailed on that they they were like super mario run which we sold at one price didn't make as much money as Mario Kart selling things separately or Fire Emblem selling things separately. So they scrapped it. Like you can't get Mario Run oh. anymore because it wasn't profitable enough like their gotcha kind of games. You have to think though that there's enough of a market for people just to go like, no, I don't like that. But if you sell me a, a self-contained thing, I like that. I'll give you money. Um, that somebody's going to go, wait a minute. Yeah. And, and, and it's uh, and that's the thing like people like us think that because we're like-minded and we're like why would anyone prefer that but like the what the market is telling them there are many 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 more people than us that are willing to give them the buck here and there or like you know and the model that's set up through most of them too is you don't need everybody to be on board you need one out of every 20 people to just spend enough to make up for those other 20 that aren't spending kind of yeah. thing I get it. I mean, it's no different than the casino, right? I mean, hundred yeah. percent, or the lottery. It's, yeah, you know, I, don't get me wrong. Every single time, I these. All right, I'm gonna get a little soapbox. And if the lottery is <laughs> your thing, I'm gonna apologize. I'm gonna keep it short. I'm gonna keep it short, in case it's your thing. We get TV commercials from the lottery. With people, ah oh, man, I bought you lottery tickets for Christmas, <laughs> and everybody's happy and smiling. I swear to God, anybody buys me a lottery ticket, going to get punched. I get a scratch-off <laughs> like, oh, ticket. Oh, so you gave my Christmas present to the government, huh? Yeah. I, I get okay. I get, now I'm gonna punch you. I get a scratch-off ticket from work every uh, every like everyone gets a birthday card in the mail, which is like, all right, I get it, it's nice. And they all have every year. I've gotten a scratch-off ticket in it, which like I get it. You know, it's a buck. Like it's a nice little fun thing that it can scratch, and it's like, but it, so it's like, you know, they got me a dollar scratch off ticket that's fine but if somebody's like hey here's your christmas present it's 50 dollars in lotto tickets <laughs> like what did you do we wouldn't be friends <laughs> we wouldn't be friends i'm like i need to reevaluate my life choices yeah. <laughs> made a donation in your name to the human fund i i worked right. with somebody for years that uh, had ocd and 
one of his obsessions was scratch tickets. And because we worked for him, everything was tracked. So we could literally see over a 10 year time, you spent this much on scratch one tickets. You made this much on your scratch one tickets. This is a bad investment by so much money. And he's just like, but remember that time I won a hundred dollars. Like that's the only thing that sticks with him. I didn't remember. um, I'm not going to get into that, but these, these, these behaviors are related. Yeah. Oh, very much. And by design. Intentionally. By design. Um, That's why I'm embarrassed. That's why I feel bad about it, because I know what's happening to me, and I still do it anyway. Well, Kelsey, the first step is to admit (laughs) you got a problem. That's why I'm happy I told you guys right now. (laughs) And you may think that we've been doing this podcast for 10 years just to get around and have a chat and have fun, but we've staged an intervention. (laughs) it's all been leading up to this point so enough's enough man (laughs) Uh, i won't get on the high horse um i'm sending you yeah i don't know (coughs) it's just a weird it's a weird place we're in and um, i still want to think that somebody's gonna gonna go hey i think there's enough of another market here um we'll see i don't know uh but um yeah, I didn't want to spend for. I knew it was going to be a kind of a short topic, but you know we always have enough to talk about, and the holidays are coming up, so I didn't want to spend forever on this. So, um, any of the parting thoughts that we missed? Uh, we mentioned hooray for scratch offs. Yeah, no, we mentioned <laughs> obviously the uh, the the PSP, the Vita, um, uh, the um, we talked about mobile. Uh, we didn't talk about. Um, uh, uh, Microsoft. Um, I, I was at a a, a, show, a pack show um, a few years ago, and somebody stood up and asked them, like, "Hey, like, do you guys have any plans to do a mobile device? You know, like for gaming, like similar to you know what Nintendo's doing, what Sony's doing." And one of the it was the the Major Nelson podcast, and I forget the guy that's like on the podcast with him, but like as the guy's asking the question, he's slowly raising up his uh, Surface like tablet. <laughs> And, and, and he's like, he's like, yeah, like people forget, like this is, this is a, yeah, it's a windows tablet, but like, this is a gaming device, a mobile gaming device. So like, and it's, you know, I never think of it like that. I, I always think of like, you know, like iPhone, uh, iPad, Android tablet, Microsoft does have this like weird little niche, but like, I don't really consider it. Windows, windows phone's coming back, man. You know, windows what? phone's coming back. <laughs> you, you, you still like i'm telling you i still find these guys once in a while like at work like you'll see them and, and like uh they're like oh like it was, it was the best phone operating system ever i don't care what anyone says <laughs> they, have they their, still listen to their zoom yep that, oh <laughs> that was um what was that uh guardians i forgot yeah guardians 2 yeah i yeah. forgot uh, that there was a, a zoom cameo in there so what everyone's listening to on earth <laughs> That was phenomenal. I had a eighty, I had a thirty gig Zoom and the eighty gig Zoom. They were both awesome. Solid. That was devices. you, huh? Yeah. I, I, had, <laughs> I had the 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 serial numbers were one and two. <laughs> <laughs> Autographed. Yep. But yeah, no, I just wanted to give the uh, give the old Microsoft Surface tablet a shout out real quick. But yeah, I, okay. I don't think there's too much else uh, uh, to chat about. It's I agree. It would be nice if somebody swoops in and says, hey. There was a market for these things previously. We think there could be again. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's the pricing structure. Even if Nintendo comes out and says, 
we're going to do 2D uh, Metroid and Castlevania games again. They're going to be 20 bucks, and they're going to be in the eShop. You know, I don't think anyone's going to turn their nose up at that. No, people love that. So, Kelsey, how did we get through this whole conversation and you didn't mention the analog pocket wand? Um, they don't really have a market for software, so it didn't seem relevant. Um, they're just a hardware maker. They're not trying to sell me cool games. I, I wish they would. I agree that I, I would love I agree for them to sell me cool uh, games. Doesn't fit, but uh, I, I just figure you you've been hot on that device, so I figured we would hear about it. It's really cool. Yeah, um, I haven't played around with it too much, but uh, the time I've had with it, I loved. Um, I wish people would keep making cool new handheld games for things that it supports and i would buy some of them now remind me did you get you got the whole um the whole bundle yeah because there were different versions right um i've got the adapter for game gear i still need to try and get the uh um links and neo geo pocket color adapters awesome i got nhl hockey for the game gear if you want to borrow it (gasps) i can play it on the tv (laughs) All right. Well, I would. Um, I'd be curious to about what our, you know, what our patrons and what what everybody else has got to say about this. You know, are we just old men in a corner, um, yelling at clouds, or you know, are <laughs> all you of our young spry too? patrons will definitely not <laughs> disagree. That's fine. Well, you know, ask your kids what they think. Uh, <laughs> but are you tired of clicking on YouTube ads every five seconds? What if I told you you could buy a game once and never have to push that button for the YouTube ad? <laughs> yeah. um, what if you didn't have to keep buying Roblox gift cards every month? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. But, uh, yeah, let us know if you have any additional thoughts about this. Um, happy holidays, everybody. Whichever holiday that you happen to uh, celebrate. If you're uh, online to hear this stuff, shoot us a, a tweet if that's still a thing. Uh, or or hit us up on Patreon or whatever, and uh, let's know what you got for Christmas. Anything cool come in that you got to see? Uh, I'll see if I can. I already posted the picture of my shirt that Bill gave me, so that was was pretty nice. And uh, and we'll talk to everybody after the holidays. Merry Christmas.